A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One man is the most honored athlete in Federation history. Best there is, best there was, and the best there ever will be. The other, the leader of the new generation. Big Daddy Blue Diesel, the only man in World Wrestling Federation history to win all three titles in one year. Their previous encounters were marred by injustice. Wicked life and carnage. It's like a back alley gang fight. But this time, the laws have changed. No count outs, no disqualification, no time limit. The match can only terminate in a pinfall or submission. The champion. I'm going to take care of you once and for all. We're going to find out who's the best. The challenger. The excellence of execution is going to bring you down. Diesel, the truck stops here. The title. I know that you got that belt. It belongs to me. I've got something you want. But it's dear to me, too. The Survivor Series. Milton Bradley. Karate Fighters. Presents. The 1995 WWF Survivor Series. Welcome everyone to Suburban Washington, D.C. Welcome to the U.S. Air Arena. Welcome to the 1995 WWF Survivor Series. Welcome everyone to the Cult Alley Classic Survivor Series 1995. Watch along. Happy New Year, Jack Jackins. Jackins, the mulligan to my O'Hare. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right, love. Oh, yeah. I better actually because I've forgotten that this is actually for for people who aren't nah, maybe. it's just, so. just for me and you, mate. Uh, Did you have a nice Christmas? Yeah. We, we've spoken since then, so. I know, but they don't know oh, we've spoken. We, um, we, we had one out the other week. Did we? I, 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 I came back in the office for once. You did. We did. I've forgotten. Time is a construct Besides, human perception. It's not Christmas anyway. It's Easter. Oh, because you've got... Okay, so if you're watching on the Patreon, thank you for supporting what we do, uh, you'll notice that uh, armed with a Freddo is Jack Jackins Jackins. Yeah. Have you noticed how they have Easter eggs in the shops the moment that Christmas finishes? <laughs> I'll say, they're very well prepared out there in the supermarket land. A big hello if you're in the supermarket land with us too. More brilliant <laughs> observations like that over the next two hours and 40 minutes. So, 
Um, what we're doing here today, if this is the first time you're here, Jesus, this is not a jump on for you. Um, <laughs> but we are going to be offering an alternative commentary to Survivor Series 1995. Jackins, do you have any experience with Survivor Series of 1995? I have seen the main event before. Okay. But everything else, not on no, no, excellent, not no. excellent. So it's going to be shiny and new for you. Yes. Once we get going, um, the only thing I know about this because I've never watched this pay per view all the way through either. So this is exciting. I know the, I the how iconic the main event is. I think in learning about this show, I realise it's even more so iconic mm. from, from for a multitude of other reasons, which we'll get to as we get into it. So this is what you do, right? Oh, also, this is the show I remember Undertaker had his mask for the first time. His Phantom of the Opera deal. Yes, yeah, see, I've, I've seen that. Being quite I've seen pictures of it and stuff like that, but I've never actually watched the matches with the, uh, with the mask itself. Right. Mm. So it's good. that's going to be a new experience as well. Excellent. So we're going to learn it all together, and you're going to watch along with us. So as it is a watch-along presentation, here's how we go. Uh, you are going to load up the WWE Network or Peacock or Pigeon or whatever version of this nonsense that you currently have. And you are going to watch Survivor Series 1995, November the 19th, 1995 uh, on the network. I'll uh, we'll give you a second to find that right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back. For the purposes of the Patreon, I may have to sit quite close to you, Jack. That's, that's lovely. If that's, if that's all right. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> See, and this is why this was good to wait a couple more days to do this. Yes. Because originally we... Now, actually, before we get into it, we do owe an apology because we didn't know how long we were going to be stuck back doing isolation station stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we even said, oh, we'll get to see more of Louis and Poppy and Pablo. Nah, that's... <laughs> Sorry. Have you got it in writing that we were going to do that? Show us the writing that yeah, says we were going to do that. You haven't got it, have you? Wow. Well, mm. <laughs> take this in the best way possible. Fuck off. Um, I'm kidding. So it's nice that we're back. And yes. now we're not socially distancing because I can see it a little closer. So we can look through there. I'm sure we'll get... I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure another pandemic yeah. will be we get to see our cats again. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's roll into Survivor Series 1995 on go. We will all press play together in three... Where's my mouse pointer? There it is. On go in three, a two, a one... Go. 
Can you hear audio, Jackie? I can hear some audio. Excellent. And we have a surprise straight out of the bat. Straight off the bat. Look at this. Welcome back, Kurt Henning. I am very happy. He is immediately back in the mix. Sure, the audio is fine. That's fine. One of my favourite themes of all time as well. Is it really? Yeah. It's just it's it's just grand, it's sweeping. I know it's a rip-off of Is a it a film. Rip-off? Is it? Yes, and I can't for the life of me remember what film because that's how prepared I am today. I kids. didn't know that it was a rip-off of a thing. Yeah. Uh is it I was gonna say Exodus, but yeah. For, for the people listening and watching, I have been awake since three in the morning, so I am I'm bollocks today. That's why I've got an Easter egg. Cause I'm feeling sorry for myself, so I got an Easter egg for my lunch. But, I went um, to, I went to bed at about three in the morning, so yeah. we're we're about evened out, aren't we? Yeah, but but you're used to like living on three hours sleep because you are Vince McMahon in in a much nicer shell. <laughs> That's very kind of you to say so. Hey, look, we'll get through it together. So we just saw Mr. Perfect there, mm-hmm. as we're getting warmed up now for the show. Um, this is Mr. Perfect's first appearance in well over a year. Took a year off uh, as a result of, back in- of a back injury and-, and subsequent rehabilitation. He had a back injury in the early 90s. Yes. That uh, he- And he took out a Lloyds of London health insurance uh, plan. So when he did his back in again, he cashed in on it. And he was making millions being retired. Oh, yeah. And and this is the great Lloyds of London thing. I think Bret Hart had a similar deal. And Rick Rude as well. And Rick Rude. Yeah. So Lloyds of London, who didn't really get wrestling, it seems. Like, a lot, said to these people, look, if you get injured, you can, uh, we'll, we'll pay your, your fees. Because <laughs> if I was going, well, I was going to make a million dollars last year. <laughs> like, oh, okay, here's the money. They don't do that anymore, surprisingly. No. I'm really surprised that that didn't stick around, that idea. Yeah, you, you think you think they'd just be such trusting people, these insurance salesmen. <laughs> but he's back and he's on commentary tonight. Oh, very nice. Um, you say very nice. Yeah, this is just because I'm a very big Kurt Hennig fan, but yeah. It's, we'll wait and see. It's, we're in the US Air Arena for tonight. Uh, it opened in 1973. It's mm. the first indoor arena to have a video re- replay screen. Oh. And the first one to have, randomly, computerized turnstiles and luxury boxes. Oh, very nice. So it was here in this venue, the Washington Bullets play for the NH- for the NBA, yeah. the Washington Capitals play for the NHL. Yeah. Um, Muhammad Ali uh, beat Jimmy Young here in the boxing. Right. Um, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, John Denver, Queen, Kiss, and others played here. Uh, the, the most iconic moment musically, as we get our opening match underway, <laughs> January 9th, look at this cast of What is this team? Rogues! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the, the car boot sale. <laughs> Jesus. This is, these are the action figures you'd see at a car boot sale <laughs> as a tag team. <laughs> get this as a gig, right? As we get into this this weird jobber match, January nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. Michael Jackson, Barbara Streisand, Elton John, uh, Chevy Chase, and Jack Lemon and James Earl Jones performed at the inaugural gala at the Capitol Center in honor of Bill Clinton. Wow! A reformed Fleetwood Mac sang "Don't Stop," yeah, which is Clinton's campaign song. Not bad. That's a big That's night. pretty good. Bill Cosby was there as well. I've tried to brush over that. But is that as good as um... <laughs> what we just saw there? That frigging rogues. They even did the job a run. Oh, they did. Mad respect to them doing the job a run. 
They're even. There are. They're called the underdogs, by the way. Oh, are they? The babyface team of the underdogs. And this is uh, the Body Donners. Oh, so so is this as Tom Pritchard morphs into Zip? Yeah. So we we at the moment he is Doctor Tom Pritchard coming off of the Heavenly Bodies. Yeah. He will form a super team with Skip. That luscious hair will go. <laughs> I horribly, but this is the uh, the birth of it. And a mystery partner. Oh, there he is. So we've got some swap outs for this match. Right. Uh, we were meant to have, and, and it completes the perfectness of like the, the, uh, the jobber team. The un- yeah. The underdog. Sorry, Hakushi. You're in with a bad bunch there. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Rose. Uh, you know, in the same way that the good boy at school was, was hanging out with his mates when they robbed a bank. You're just in the wrong place <laughs> at the wrong time. I don't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was meant to be Avatar on their team as well. Oh. And Vince just went, nah, this is shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> At the same time, Bob Ollie was backstage getting pissy because he was a consistent performer for the WWF, wasn't getting any pay-per-view time. Yeah. So Vince went, all right, have Avatar's place. You stop whinging. And then here, oh, hello. Gerald Briscoe's out there. Oh, and Razor's there too. <laughs> Thought everyone was being really happy to see Rene Goulet then. <laughs> we were meant to have on the Body Donners team... Um, this is this is great. This is actually a really nice little bit of story mm. uh, that plays into a real life scenario. So Jean Pierre Lafitte was meant to be on the on the Body Donners team, right? Uh, but he has to take time off, I believe, for surgery. Let me check the notes. He's having hernia surgery. Ooh. Um, so he's been swapped out with a freshly heel turned one, two, three kid, as Works. we saw on Raw last time we watched Raw. Works well because I mean, I like most of the performers in this match. Uh, but I don't think the original match would be one that I'd be bothered about saying. <laughs> Are you telling me that Avatar and Jean-Pierre Lafitte wouldn't have tipped this over the edge for you? I mean, I was almost there with the <laughs> Rad Radford, Tom Pritchard and <laughs> Barry Horowitz. But <laughs> it's such a killer's row. It's threadbare. I'm so happy. It's, it, and it is. like This is how... This is the roster in it. This is, what you're looking at here is basically a house show. In one match. But the, the, the weird... <laughs> to give them their due, uh, you know, they're all good wrestlers. They are. You've got Chris Candido in there. You've got Waltman. You've got Marty, Party Marty. Tom Pritchard's great. Hakushi's great. I like Barry Horowitz. I like everyone, basically, apart from Bob Holly, because <laughs> the man's a knobhead. But, <laughs> but what a shame, though, that when we saw them all running to the ring, <laughs> our initial reaction was... <laughs> State of this <laughs> opening matches. I was like, this will get the crowd pumping. <laughs> Me and you were just like, oh my god. It is such a I am I am so fascinated by and we've talked, you know, we've spent the, I'm kind of sad that like this time's coming to an end in a weird way because tonight, events from this show tonight will start to signal the beginning of the end for the new generation era. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, Jackins is about to enjoy an Easter egg. I'm trying to keep it away from the microphone. No, it's fine, so. mate. mate no, no one expects quality from the podcast feed. It's fine. Adam doesn't listen to these. We can do what we want. <laughs> he, he just trusts me to get them uploaded. The fucking idiot. 
And he's frightened of me, so he's not going to say it. <laughs> we have Dominion. We're basically the pirate ship in the middle of the sea of cultaholic <laughs> on these podcasts. Um, <laughs> we're just not being quality checked. We should be, really. I feel, I feel like we're three complaints away from getting quality checks on these. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but I'm, but I'm, there's events from tonight that will lead it, lead the end of the new generation era. Okay. And as much as Justin Henry, who did the show before you, no pressure. <laughs> You're fine now. Uh, you've proved yourself. Um, much as Justin Henry and I kind of were dreading the, the ticking of the clock to midnight in 1995, <laughs> I'm kind of sad to see it go. Because I've quite enjoyed some of the 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 the, the technical bollocks we've seen. E- even when it's shit, it's such an easy watch. Yeah, that's, that's it. The, yeah. An easy watch. It's an hour of fluff and a lot of Shawn Michaels, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. It, it's weirdly kind, and and I don't know whether this is a harbinger harbinger of doom or not. It feels like, in terms of color, in terms of pace. What they're trying to do with NXT 2.0. Definitely. I mean, just looking at Marty Jannetty's gear. Yeah. Mm. Like younger talent, bright gear, defined gimmicks. Yeah. Simple matches. Yeah. It's of all I mean, of all the of of all the templates to work off, the the lowest the lowest performing time in the history of the company is a strange choice. <laughs> and Hikushi's like the one fella you'd get from like original NXT who's in NXT 2.0. It's like, Pete Dunne, what are you still doing here? <laughs> but they're just 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 writing letters all down Pete Dunne's back. <laughs> all right, Bab. <laughs> Brummy slang all written over Pete Dunne. John! <laughs> Pete Dunne is our Gucci. <laughs> That's spine-busting. I love a spine buster. Yeah. Big fan of a beefy spine buster. This is the booze. The, the Einsweizer I kid. It's, that's not why he's a heel. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about everything that's yeah, happened exactly. in the last week. <laughs> yeah. By the way, congratulations to new Coltholic editor-in-chief, Aidan Gibbons. It's, uh, <laughs> who's, who's, who's assumed the role now that the tribal editor-in-chief, Mitch Wadden, has left. Yes. We do reference Aidan a few times on this podcast. I thought it'd be pertinent. And he has threatened to come on here. Yeah. I feel like we need to open the door to the, the forbidden door, the forbidden office door. So the, the way our, our office is set up, I sit next to Aiden. And it's just me and him jawing at each other all day, basically. Because <laughs> um, he's, he's only a young man. He's about 25, isn't he? He, he doesn't carry himself. He, like he has the heart of a 60-year-old retired he miner. really he does. Really, be like, what's, what's for lunch today, Aiden? He'd be like, ah, but you know, boiled pasta and some... <laughs> Some corned beef. <laughs> I said, what's you on the weekend? He went, oh, swept the drive. <laughs> he misses rationing. That's what he does. <laughs> I just got my ironing done. I feel like we've had a body swap at some point, Aiden and I. Because I, he's very much like a, tw- a, a guy, a 20-year-old man in a 60... You know, a 20-year-old body in a 60-year-old man's mind. <laughs> I'm very much a 60-year-old body in a 20-year-old mind. Yeah. Which is this? By the way, this podcast—I've just realised this. This is very, uh, very uh, self self centred of me. I shall mention it. This podcast today going out on my birthday. Oh well, happy. So ha- wish me a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, mate. Appreciate. Yeah. Yep. It's 
my birthday today. It's, it's not every day you turn 48. <laughs> oh, I wish it wasn't the case. <laughs> Nearly there. That's me, me, me and you. Me and you are the elder statesmen of the. We are the elder office. statesmen. We really are. Oh, oh, one of the elder statements is gone. Doctor Tom's gone. Oh, there's your payday, Bob. Thanks for coming, mate. Yeah, fuck off back to catering, Bob. He looks livid. Yeah, we are the elder statesmen, aren't we? Yeah. Of this place. Yeah, I'm th- I'm 38 today. 30, I, te- I feel feel sick saying it. Yeah. I feel I, I'm not normally worried about age. I genuinely feel a bit sick. A bit, as I say it, there's some that just when you hear it said out large, like oh. Like I turned thirty three last year, and I, I said to Sean, "I was like, that's not that's not an age, is it? No. It's like it's not like turning twenty one. Oh, he's twenty five. It's like he's thirty three. It's like oh, who cares? It's just one of those ones." And all the guys that we knew when we were younger that were in like their mid thirties were like balding with a mortgage. Yeah, and I don't feel like I said I said I said this to my dad a conversation with my dad when I had to chat with him the other day, and he said, "Look, how do I feel? If you're worried about turning thirty, how do I feel?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, I said, the thing is, none of us feel like the ages that we yeah. were looked at back then. Like my dad, who's in his 60s, I said, I don't feel like I'm in my 60s. Yeah. You know, I always remember my dad, I would go for a drive once with my dad. And he said, do you know what's annoying? Right. Is <laughs> like, and we were just, we were just driving, it was just, we were driving into town or something. And he said, like, you know, I'm at an age now where nobody thinks I'm in trouble. <laughs> so what do you mean? So you see that police car there, right? Not even looked... At, at me, not even checked if I'm. I could, I could drive this car off the road and just rob a bank, but they they think they don't think I'm gonna. I said, well, are we gonna rob a bank? <laughs> well, no, but I want them to think that I might. <laughs> and I hear I hear that in my bones now. <laughs> no one thinks you're gonna be trouble. What you need to do is um, grow a big beard like me. Yes. Sean and I have been planning our holiday in September. Um, flying over to New York and Toronto. Oh, nice! Because she's never been, and I used to. I used to live over that way. Oh, you did, didn't you? I did. I I, I spent some time over there, but because of having a, a big beard, I used to have a very big beard. Oh, is it going to be a? Uh... Every time I go through airports in America, in North America, oh, oh, excuse me, sir, you've been randomly selected for additional screening oh, every single time. No. I just laugh and just like, of course, yeah, of course. Big beard, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Oh, no. It's going to be a thing, isn't it? Every time. In the full stand-up with your arms up, the big thing that spins around you. I remember once I was in one of those. I was like, yeah, of course. I'm used to this now. I'll take off my shoes, all this. I looked to my right, and there was just like a fella who looked like he really liked Dungeons & Dragons. Just a bit of an older fella. Big beard. Just like a t-shirt. I was just... And I felt like saying, oh, leave him alone. He's armless. He's lovely. (laughs) I'm the problem. He looks like Gimli. He's like, yeah, me. (laughs) I'll, I'll bite your face off, but him, he's, he's all right. He hasn't smuggled drugs up his bum like I have. He, he just wants some Dundee cake and a sit down. <laughs> Did they find the drugs or not? No, they didn't. Actually. Brilliant. No. Do you, like, is it just me when you go through airport security where, like, you feel guilty even though you've got nothing on you? Like, I walk through and, like, I find myself, like, trying to... <laughs> Just not act suspicious. Even though I'm not doing anything wrong, I think they're going to find a gun on me or something. I don't know. Uh, I used to. Just me? No. I, be- I became a frequent flyer for a while, so it kind of... 
seeped out of me, including the one time that I brought a, a PS4 in my hand luggage and somehow got away with it. Just, did they? Did they? What? Did they check it and just go? And you and I, I just tagged it through, and they're like, "Oh, that's a PlayStation." I was like, "Yeah, I, I want to keep it with me in case it gets broken." <laughs> in case I want to play Duck Hunt on the flight. Yeah, but I was that was <laughs> what time crisis. But the time I did that because at the time I was like, "Oh, right, this might cause me a bit of grief." I was stuck behind um, the cabin crew for another flight who were going through security, mm. and they were a shambles. They were forgetting things. They were like, "Oh crap! Oh, I've got to pull for that through." Oh, I was like, "You do this every day for a job." So everyone was like, "Oh, they look like twats." And I turned on my PlayStation. They were like, "Oh, just get through. Go on." <laughs> so, so it was okay. Did they find the drugs in the PlayStation? No, they didn't. No. Brilliant. Yeah. Can't believe any drugs you've smuggled. It's brilliant. It's um, I'm the best mule you'll ever find. <laughs> Nays and everything. This is a good match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, this is your first pay per view, watch along I, with again, myself. Again, this is this is not your jumping on point. No. How's your How's your Fredo Easter egg? It's it's lovely. I, I'm feeling so delicate today. Oh bless you, mate. How come you How come you uh, were up so early? I. Have what I like to call cyclical sleep patterns. I have a couple of okay. weeks where I sleep like an absolute dream, and then a few weeks where I I never have a problem going to sleep. I go to fall asleep in seconds. Yeah, but I will have a few weeks where I'll just wake up at half three, always half three, and then you exactly get, half three every time. Well, that's when I, I haven't got any clocks, and because I'm waking up, I'm just like I need to check what time it is, just in case it's time to get up and I've woken up before my alarm. Right. And whenever I check my phone, it's always half three. And if I get back to sleep, I usually don't get back to sleep till about half five. And then my alarm goes off at half six and I feel like I've been shot. Oh, no. And I'm currently in one of those cycles and I woke up at half three last night and I just thought, I'll stay awake. Came into the office early and just, yeah, just feeling a bit, a bit tender, a oh. bit tender. Will you, will it, will it sort of even out again soon? Oh, it will, yeah. Just, there'll just be one night where I just sleep like a corpse and then I'll be fine for a few weeks but I need to get to the bottom of it because it's becoming frequently infrequent and it's just one of those now where I'm just like Sean the cycles come again she's like okay alright yeah could it be um, a medical thing oh Barry's pin Rad Radford the 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 Bradford miracle (laughs) (laughs) Barry and Barry and Rad Radford would do a team called Bradford (laughs) Or the Boo Radleys. <laughs> yes! Yes! Wake up, Boo! Um, could it be a medical thing? Uh, potentially. Mm. Potentially. Because um, I looked it up and it is technically a form of insomnia. Yeah, if it's, even if it's just cyclinic, cyclinal. Yeah. Cyclinal, so. it could be. So, yeah. But the annoying thing was, like, ways to cure it. It's like, get plenty of sunshine. You know, get, be one with nature. I, I live I live on the waterfront. Like, I live on the beach. So it's like, yeah, I get, I get, I get a lot of that, yeah. I'm good for the sunshine. And then other things are like, uh, oh, maybe not drink alcohol. It's like, I'm straight edge. I don't drink alcohol. And it's like, lessen your caffeine intake. And it's like, oh, I usually have one <laughs> coffee a day, maybe two. I mean, today I'm on the... Monster, cause... you've bought a flipping monster energy drink with you. Yeah, fair. I, I can't have them, I get heart palpitations. <laughs> Welcome back to her, <laughs> Jack and Tom. Get old, yay! What a lovely day! No, I, I get like I can smell it, I can smell it. 
It's I don't, I don't no, no, it's okay. I'm not I'm not like gonna kick off. I can but I can like the cowpole type residue mm. that comes off it is is quite strong. I usually if if I'm covering pay-per-views live for the website, I'll usually get a can of monster and I can only do half a can. And then the other half of the can goes down the grid and just cleans the drains. So <laughs> it's a, it's it's both a delicious drink. <laughs> I see I see kids on streams and stuff like that. Like all kids go like young kids are in their in like their you know, like 13, 14 going into Tesco mm. buying them. I'm like, you don't need that. You've got natural energy. Yeah. Drink that and <laughs> Me and mates used to be quite bad for energy drinks when we were like 21, 22. But they were the kind of days when you stay up for four days living on chips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From your side of the country, mm. it was uh, every night's party night. Oh, yeah. I was chatting to Alex about um, Liverpool because she lived there for, for a little bit when she was at uni. Oh, right. She got a, she got a scholarship at Radio City. Oh. Ah. Mm. What uni was she? Um, oh, Hope. That was my uni. Hey, look at that. Yeah. She'll be glad of that. I'll talk about that. Um, yeah, she did journalism there. She got she got her NCJ. Right. Through Hope. Um, and uh, she said, like, the nightlife was, was amazing because you would, it would be like seven in the morning and it would still be the night before. Yeah. yeah. And then she said it was the fact that nowhere else in the country do you have girls who are getting ready to go out and they go out in town the night, the day before with the curlers in. Yeah. And that's a real thing. They'll have the hair curlers in and they'll go out into Liverpool and just, you know, yeah. get some errands run. Yeah. But with the curlers in. Scouse Huns, yeah. It's amazing. But no, no, nowhere else, nowhere else actually does it. Well, I, I've, ne- I've never met your good lady, but when I do, I'll have to see if um, we shared any lecturers then. You might have done, actually. Because yeah. I, I, did, I, I did just, I did a dual on as media and film. Um, but it didn't have NCTJ as part of it. I had to do it separately. And that, yeah, top rope power bomb. Mike Jack just in a blonde bombshell. Which is a horrible move. I mean, lovely, but Jesus Christ. But, uh, Sorry, I, you were saying. Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't get the NCTJ for uni, but we did do some radio stuff on the on the campus radio as ah, part of our... Part so you might our, have done. Yeah. You may have very well done. What's the campus radio station called? I think Radio Shop. Hope or something like that. I don't know. I'll ask the question. Mm. I'm just, I can't get over Marty Janetti. Did, did a blonde bombshell. I can't get over Marty Janetti. Because <laughs> I thought, I, I thought that, because that was the move that um, Candido did as a finisher. Yeah, oh God, yeah. In. yeah. So I don't know, I presumed he was just told, don't do it. Because. What's his the, finisher in WWF then? Because of all the episodes we've watched, he's never won. That's a very good question then. Mm. I think, I think we saw him do a Hurricane Rana off the top. Okay. To finish a match once. I think. Yeah. Because even when watching ECW back in the day and seeing Candido do it, you're just like, Jesus Christ, that's a hell of a move. Yeah. Yeah, it was impressive. But that was... Um, yeah, I just I, I I presumed they couldn't do it because obviously Kevin Nash does the jackknife. Yeah. Same reason when the, there was the crossover with Adam Bomb and Diesel, and Adam Bomb had to stop doing the uh, the the power bomb. That he yeah. Did. The meltdown was the meltdown. Was, that was mel- it called the meltdown? Or was that a different move? I think the meltdown might be different. I'm sure he. It was um, the Adam Adam <laughs> the Adam Bomb Bob, <laughs> friend of the channel Adam Bomb Adam Bomb he is friend of the channel Adam Bomb Brian Clark and does his island graps at that time it was a good chat we had um, he has a lovely dog 
Um, but yeah, it was. I can't remember what it was called now. But he couldn't do the power bomb. I want to say Atom Smasher. Yeah. Yes. Was the the meltdown was what he used when he was Wrath in WCW? Yeah. So that Which is still a great move. name for an Atom Bomb move. To yeah. Be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it might have been. Might have been called that. Mm. But either way, he couldn't. He he, he got told to stop doing it because. Diesel does the power bomb in this house. Well, I was in this house. It's like Diesel saying, does that. I was saying to Aiden this morning. It's over oh, power bombs. Power <laughs> oh, the master of ruler of the world. Because um, I was watching uh, Dynamite from last night. So mm-hmm. to timestamp this, it was the it was Beach Break with Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. And I'm surprised that Sammy Guevara still does the go to hell, the reverse, go to sleep, considering that CM Punk's not on the company. No, because yeah, he still does it. Yeah, he does yeah. It, whether or not they're just going to keep it. Yeah, maybe phase for, it like, out. GTS versus GTH. Yeah, there's a little there's a little thing down the line there, isn't there? It could be something that they end up doing on a dub because there's the finishes are so similar. I I feel like AEW are the sort of company that would lean into it rather than yeah remove it. Well, and then obviously as well, Dan Housen just signed. He does a GTS oh. as well. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. I was I'm so happy for him. That was so we're watching this the day the the, the afternoon after yes uh, Dan Housen was pulled from under the ring by Adam Cole. <laughs> that was and the the pop it was a great pop. Oh, it, I was, it was lovely. I was surprised at how big of a pop it was, and I was very happy for it. But yeah, it's just the fact that he just cursed him, gave the orange Cassidy thumbs up, and they just fucked <laughs> off walking off. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was such a lo-fi. Arrival. Yeah. You see him in the distance just walking up. I don't know. <laughs> Very nice. I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, uh, just great to see him. In the, great to see him on the books. One, two, three, could have won the whole match. Yeah, could have. So I wonder who would have, what, how this would have gone had Pierre been on the on the show. Probably Marty Giannetti, unless they're pivoting into Marty versus Sid. Or is he just going to be collateral damage in a tag match between Razor and... Oh, All he, those lot. he might just be collateral damage, might yeah. he? The kid and the Sid will form a tag team now. The one, two, three Sid. The one, two, three. The one, three, two Sid. Oh, Kid the, Vicious. That's a good name for a team. Oh, yeah. Psycho Kid. Oh. Qu'est-ce que say? <laughs> Lovely perm on one, two, three. Well. It took me a second, but yeah. <laughs> so, a good st- Good start to the show. Yeah. Good, Matt. I know we talked all over it. Fun little jobber outing for all info. Considering we shit all over it when the first person (laughs) came out. Yeah. Oh, but they were doing the jobber run, which didn't help. Yeah. They they make their own problems by just doing the jobber run to the ring. (laughs) I feel like like at this point when your roster's so thin... Like, Sid's a great one to have, but I don't know if we've seen the best of him. I know they were keen to do Sid versus Diesel. Mm. But gosh, that was a awful problem. Oh, meanwhile, don't like the television. <laughs> Why isn't Sesame Street on? Yeah, put, put Sesame Street on, you bastards. Oh, uh, who's that carbon down Razor Ramon as well? Oh, it's the Bones Treat Group. That, hey, that's our meeting table. You've ruined that. That television's on lease from Tandy. <laughs> Yeah, bugger. We haven't paid our subs on that yet, you naughty boy. It's going to be an extra three pounds a week each. You're not even in our group. No. We're gonna. There'll be a fine. <laughs> oh, look at look at this! Another killer's row of 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 everybody a former world champion except Jim Cornette and Owen Hart. Mm. That sucks. 
<laughs> I am classing the ECW world title as a world title, indeed. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, on this day, whilst Jim Cornette cuts a promo, November the 19th, 1995, mm. uh, MSG was hosting a different sport. Uh, Do you know what sport it would have been? Basketball? No, it's tennis. Okay. Boris Becker and Steffi Graf won the WTA Tour Championships in a carpet in Madison Square Garden at the time as this show is happening. Right, okay. Fun little factoid for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether you're a tennis fan. I, I grew up in a, in a tennis family. And I used, to, <laughs> I used to play as a child. I grew up in a tennis family. All we did was play tennis. <laughs> you that was all the love I had. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult growing up in a tennis family because, God. because to my dad love means nothing <laughs> he's like grand slam I'll grand slam you through a wall if you don't get a volley on <laughs> um, now my brother and sister um, used to play a lot used to go to Wimbledon um, and I played a bit but I've, I've never been a fan of it as a spectator sport no I have respect for tennis players and I know I haven't grown up with it. I know enough about it, but I just I just can't watch it. No. Mm-hmm. Yourself? Are you a tennisman? Yeah. I watched uh, Novak Djokovic's flight on Flight Radar yeah. the other day <laughs> as all that went down. That was just out of a perverted interest more than anything oh, yeah, rather than a, a political statement. Um, I feel like we should... I feel like I should... I, I, I pay attention during Wimbledon. Yeah. That's about as... I'm a, I remember an armchair fan at Wimbledon. I remember it's like how fans of wrestling will come back in the next two months for the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I turn up at Wimbledon. I, I used to hate Wimbledon as a kid because they were like, uh, yeah, you know, usually you'd be watching The Simpsons? No. <laughs> Tennis on all two of our channels. Back in the day when there were only four channels. Oh. So, Imagine yeah. that during a lockdown. Imagine having a lockdown in the 90s. Oh, God. It's just all those, all the acid and four channels. <laughs> you, I, might, I think the acid would just make it feel like there was more than four. Yeah. Okay, so good luck to Jim Ross because he is probably going to lead the commentation station on this one because Mr. Perfect is on commentary. He doesn't go, he doesn't know what's going on. Vince McMahon's on commentary. He hires these people. He doesn't know who any of them are. Yeah. So I've written them down. So. This is now this this there's a bit of an interesting backstory to this one because uh, it's all Japan women's representation. Uh, it is uh, Bertha Faye, uh, Aja Kong, Tomoka Watanabe, and Lioness Asuka mm-hmm. facing Alundra Blaze, Kyoko Inui, uh, Saki Hasegawa, and Chaparita Asari. I hope I have done that justice. I probably haven't, and I apologise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the New Japan women were also uh, talking to WCW at this time. And there were they were actually negotiated a deal whereby uh, we will see a few of these turning up at a WCW pay per view right. in a few weeks' time, uh, because all of a sudden both parties went, "We want to focus on the women's wrestling. We want all Japan women over here." And WWF was sort of starting. WWF had a longer relationship with them yeah. because they sent um, Alundra Blaze over to the Egg Dome, uh, and they had. Um, uh, Paul uh, involved in the title scene as well, and obviously Bertha Faye, formerly Monster Ripper, on the roster now as well. And this match here, but uh, Eric Bischoff was like, "No, nah, we want the women represented. We want some all Japan women." And they went, "Well, we've kind of got this thing with WWF at the moment, but we'll, they get first dibs essentially." Yeah. So they're going to be all over the place, and it's sad the fact that they're, despite the fact they'll be on both 
on both wrestling promotions in the US, I don't think either really give them the true respect they deserve. No. And from what I know about the lineage of WWS women's division, this is either the last or one of the last couple of matches before the whole division scrapped, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. We're not we're it's not long for this Ooh. world. Asari is amazing, by the way. I like the fact she's dressed like Ultraman as well. <laughs> but there's, uh, yeah, this is this is kind of like the final cries for the women's division that WWF were just stopping and starting. And th- do you know what? It's it's a sad state of affairs that it really they didn't get the motor truly running on the women's division in the WWF until like 2016. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, and I know, and I know there were many that came before. But in terms of like truly representing it as oh God, more yeah. than just this is the match we're putting on before the main event. Well, I did a, I did a deep dive into it the or the year because I did the every WWF Women's Champion ranked. So the classic belt, uh, the one that got replaced by that fucking butterfly, <laughs> and it, it it was oh the New Japan title. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Um, but before Kazuchika Okada became the women's champion um, and it, yeah very stop start and at times they were just like right we're going to give this a go we're going to give this a go and they'd be like ah oh, well let's just get women that Vince McMahon fancies instead and it was like no no right we're going to focus on athletes 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 people people that management fancy and it just kept just swinging from left to right to left to right and it's only really been as we say recently where there's been a, a conceited effort a concerted effort to uh, to actually do that. The fact, you know, that by the time you watch this, you will have seen the the Women's Royal Rumble once again this yes. year. I like the fact that there is now two. Yeah. Because, and, and, and it's not just me. I know people go, virtue signaling. No, it's not that. It's because when there's two Rumbles a year, you can be a bit braver with the booking yes, of definitely. one of them. That's why you can have Brock Lesnar eliminate 15 people in the Rumble. <laughs> and you don't feel cheated out of a Rumble for that year because there's two. Yeah. And my my problem with the rumbles in the like the mid twenty tens around that era, it felt like about a third of the entrance were like, oh, here comes Jimmy Snooker, here comes Sergeant Slaughter. He's like, right, well, there's ten people who aren't going to win it, and then there's ten jobbers. So, like you said, if you can be braver, and if you've got two rumbles, there might be one or two legends in the men's, one or two legends in the women's. It spreads it out. Excuse me, I just hiccuped and burped at the same time because uh-huh. I'm gorgeous. <laughs> I think. The Thank first God, Women's geez. Rumble was a bit rough, but since then, they've been really good. Because mm. obviously the first one, they're just like, ah, sh- shit, we haven't actually got a full division here. <laughs> Michelle McCool, do you want to come in and just batter everyone? But then after that, <laughs> She really did, good. didn't she? Yeah. yeah she, I think she got the most eliminations. Weird choice, but hey. Yeah. What I do like about the first Royal Rumble is the the soundtrack for the music package for that first Women's Royal Rumble was Power by Little Mix. Oh, right. Yeah. South Shields representing. Yeah. <laughs> doing the soundtrack to the Rumble. It's always made me, made me happy. Got it's a little good... bit of Little Mix. Little yeah. Mix is great. It's great. And, that's, yeah. and sadly, they didn't perform at the Rumble. They could have entered the Rumble. Yeah. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Jade just taking names. <laughs> she she would have done as well. Jade's my favourite. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was a bit rough. But now we're at a point where, like, we have like I remember the year after was where we had Becky Lynch storm out. Yeah, last and that, but uh, it was just this, it creates those great moments. Like, because it was um, Lana that got hurt. Yes, Becky Lynch comes out going, "I want to go in. I want to go in." Let Finley, me in, let me in. 
And Finn, yeah, Finley just goes... Oh. <laughs> like Harry Enfield. <laughs> <laughs> but the pop as Finley went... Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the, I, the pop wasn't people going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an impression of Finley saying, yeah, Becky Lynch getting the match. But. Blatantly an Irish bias. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just putting that out there. Oh. I wonder, they should have done a story where Finley went, they got, where Finley got called to a meeting after saying, it wasn't your call to make that. <laughs> Finley just batters everybody. <laughs> He's going to tell Finley no. It's true. But it does, but it's, but it's now there's two rumbles. You've got twice as many of those really cool moments you can make. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, well, this is, you're watching this on the Monday and I'm hoping we had some lovely moments. Yes. Today. I know there's lots of rumours and rumbles and predictions and stuff. I wonder if Okada turned up after all. <laughs> can't I, believe Okada won the rumble. I can't believe Antonio Inoki won the women's <laughs> rumble. <laughs> Him lying on his back, kicking people as hard yeah, as he can. He entered at number one. <laughs> Lay on his back and just kicked everyone out. A four-hour-long Raw Rumble. <laughs> Four hours of this is awesome chance. <laughs> Followed by everybody being sick. Can't believe Anoki's going to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. What a time to be alive. You saw the Okada thing, didn't you? I'm going to yuck about this. Um, you watch, it's probably happened. Um because BT Sports WWE socials right. posted uh, a series of pictures on Instagram of like things that could happen at the Rumble. One of them genuinely was Okada could be in it. Oh. With pictures of Okada. No, this is going, by this. Is Okada going to open the forbidden door? This is on WWE's BT Sport page. Right. Like, <sighs> <laughs> this is the, and, and it's now, this is the same. Uh, account that three hours later spelt Shawn Michaels wrong. So let's not worry too much on that. Did, did they spell it like seen, like Shawn Bean? No, uh, Shawn with a U. Okay, like Shawn the Sheep. Like Shawn the Sheep. <laughs> Some have called him that backstage. They have, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, we're, we're yucking about it. Okada's probably won the Rumble. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, I'd most... lose my fucking shite <laughs> right if it's three two one uh, ding coin drop <laughs> christ <laughs> my arse would fall off she's screaming rainmaker at pablo and pablo's yeah. like ah oh, shut up just alex would be asleep and i'd just be like shit <laughs> oh, alex goes oh a card must have entered uh, the rumble the rainmaker's here yeah i woke up i remember one time because i normally stay up to watch the Rumble. I was still to watch them all now, obviously because it's my job, but before when it wasn't my job, I'd always definitely stay up to watch the Rumble. Yes. And I always had the volume on low when I have it on. And do you remember the year AJ Styles debuted? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even with the volume on low, the roar from the crowd woke Alex up. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, what's happened? I went, oh, this guy's... Can you turn it down? I said, it was really low. That's how loud the crowd was. Yeah. She went, wow. Anyway, turn it down. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Standard over rolling pin. Standard. She might have stayed up to watch it, but sometimes she does stay up to watch it. Yeah. She does enjoy a rumble. The, I, the Royal Rumble is the only one I definitely go out of my way to watch every year. Yeah. It's the most fun. It, it always has been my favourite. As, uh, as Alundra Blaze and, and uh, Aja Kong have a battle, these are the final two, I think. We've not been paying attention. We haven't. From oh, what well. I've seen, it's been a really good match, but Rumble Chat. Well, well Kong's great. Yeah. She had a great match at Pro Wrestling Eve against Piper Niven. Ooh, but that was a hard hitting affair. Oh, yeah. They just clattered each other. 
It's a good shout by Eve to get that going. Yeah. But interesting choice to not have Bertha Faye in at the end. Yeah. Considering she'd be the established star to mm. the audience anyway. I don't know whether it's a case of we want to make Lundra strong. Because I don't know the result of this. I have not looked up the result of this particular match. No. But knowing the WWF, I'm guessing. Blaze wins. Yeah. With this superplex. Oh, with oh. this superplex, maybe? Oh. oh. Imagine they could put Kong over. That'd be amazing. Karma was a great Karma was a great loss. To yes. The WWE. When I went to I went to the first um TNA house show in Britain, which was in Liverpool Olympia. Nice. Twenty something. Time is meaningless, kids. Um <laughs> and one of the best matches on the card was it was awesome Kong, Gail Kibb, and they fucking oh. battered each other. It was amazing. They were so good. Oh, it was incredible. They 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 changed the shape of women's wrestling in yeah. the mod, of the modern era. Definitely. Can we still call it modern era? Oh my god! Will that shut us up? Yeah. Yeah. Aja Kong just beat Alundra Blaze. Yeah. What's a shame is is not not that Aja Kong won. It's great, but like Monster Ripper is the gimmick that WWE didn't like because it was a bit like a bit too aggressive mm. and here's Aja Kong with uh, essentially a Monster Ripper-esque gimmick and they're like yeah but her Bertha Faye out early <laughs> yeah she was a destroyer back in the day oh I do hope we get an Aja Kong Alundra Blaze match on Raw that'd be lovely anything could happen in the WWF Tom it'll probably happen in April yeah. do you remember back in November <laughs> old Eddie Kingston backfist as well Backfist to the future. Quattina. The move that sent Chikara back 10 years. <laughs> that time. Reset all the storylines. Oh, fuck. Oh, here's Bill, here's Bill Clinton, kids. WWF loved trotting out the Bill Clinton impersonator. He's, uh, he's, he's having a great time. There wasn't even a payoff to this. It wasn't like he took a stunner or anything. No. It's just... Now, talking of being at ringside, and I don't know whether that's them behind them i doubt it uh but there was some interest some people ringside that were watching in t- with intent with great intent okay great intrigue uh that would be michael ortman who is wwe's vice president of distribution right and he is with canadian business partners tonight for this show mm. and he is watching very closely because they've just come to watch the show they're looking to endorse the WWF. Yeah. They come to see what the wrestling's all about. We'll see what they think of the show a little later on. That's the that's the only bit of payoff we really get to the Bill Clinton bit. Some fireworks went off and they thought Mr. President was being shot at. <laughs> Have you ever played the drinking game, um, Mr. President, get down? Uh, no. So I've never played it either, but I read about it and I wish I had friends I could play it with. <laughs> so you're on a night out. In fact, you can try this with your friends. You're on a night out. If there, it has to be like five or six of you. And at any point in the night, one of you puts your finger to your ear. I have heard of this, yeah. And then if you see somebody put your finger to the ear, you've then got to put your finger to your ear. And the last person that doesn't is the president. So you just shout, Mr. President, get down! And you all jump <laughs> on them. <laughs> Fun for all the family. Yeah. It's really good at a family reunion. Especially, especially if your nan's there and she's frail. Yes, it's just because she'll be crap at it. 
So you'll always win. Here he comes. Here comes Big Goldie. Big Goldie Horn. Um, <laughs> Goldie Horn. Goldie Horn. Go on. <laughs> Kurt Russell at ringside with a big thumbs up. <laughs> we'll do a Christmas film at one point. The wife. <laughs> Tom really likes the first one and hates the second oh, one. Oh, it's shite. <laughs> oh, the second one annoys me. It's so bad. They hit on such a beautiful formula for Christmas Chronicles 1. And the second is just shit. It's like it's it's like it's written by completely different people who had never seen the first one. I've watched both of them once, but I'm such a sucker for Christmas films in general that even if it's shit, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, but I think that... The I first one is better. So much better. It's like a different film. Mm. It's not even the same franchise. No. But Kurt Russell is Santa's brilliant. Kurt Russell's fucking great. Yeah. I love Kurt Russell. Yeah. They, just, they went with all the... I won't get on my high horse about it too long, I promise. <laughs> they they did so many of the, the, the shit tropes of, <laughs> of, like, of these films where it's like, oh, we can time travel now. Yeah. If you could time travel, what was the point in the first one? Yeah. It's and, just... Oh. And surely Santa can do some element of time travel anyway to get <laughs> to every single house on the planet in one night. Yes. Anyway, I'm glad that we're doing this Christmas-flavoured content in the end of January. Yeah. As a meeting an Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> As some of us haven't quite shaken the Christmas weight yet. Mm. <laughs> Still working on that. Mm. All being well, today, obviously being my birthday, obviously I'm still here. Um, oh, by the way, time check. Uh, 45 minutes in right now and 35, 36, 37, 38. Um, all being well, I'll be alive for my 38th birthday, which is today. Good. Uh, I've got back on to doing Couch to 5K. Very good. Because uh, I, gave, I gave up the ghost on it a few months ago, and I got back into it. And I thought, I'll just try and pick up where I left off. And if I collapse in a pool of my own sick, then I'll know to go back a couple of weeks yes. and build up to it. And so I went back. So I was up to 20... Uh, 25 minute run i was just doing my last 25 minute run and whilst it wasn't graceful it wasn't quick i did do it all the matters doesn't matter about speed yeah. doesn't matter about whatever i just did it so i thought all right i'll do it so i've been doing the 28 minute runs now so then you so i moved up to the next week yeah so i'm on 28 minute runs and it looks as if uh providing that i've kept to my schedule that i'll start my birthday my 38th birthday Running for the longest I've ever run. Right. As an adult. <laughs> when right. not being chased by the police. Um, which I think is it I think it's gonna be a thirty minute. Actually on your you're actually gonna do this on your birthday. Yes. I'm gonna do it first thing on my birthday. Fair I fuck. feel like that's a good way to start my thirty eighth yeah. year. Yeah. Is to go and do a half an hour run, which I could never have done in my twenties. Good way to start the year and as well everything after after that on the day will just be a reward. Exactly. So. I can get yeah <laughs> you can have an easter egg you can, you can have an easter egg yeah i also had the idea for my birthday because alex is going to be working during the day i've been told to keep the evening free she won't tell me why or what we're doing mm. so there's a birthday surprise thing i think it might just be we're going out for a meal um but because we're so close to edinburgh Ooh. there's a really nice pancake place in edinburgh oh i feel like being quite decadent and once I've done my run, 
get on a train to Edinburgh, go and have breakfast. How long does it take on the train from Newcastle to Edinburgh? 90 minutes. Bollocks, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's why I always, because my dad said to me, you guys go to Edinburgh a lot. I'm like, it's only up there. Yeah. It's like it's 90 minutes on the train. That's and often. you're in another country. Yeah. Yeah, because I've only been to Edinburgh Actually, the once. your cogs turn in now. Yeah, because Sean and I have only been the once, and that was from Liverpool. So it took a, a fair while longer. Yes. But we loved it, and we just keep saying, oh, we should go back, should go back. And now that I know that it's... Yeah. yeah. You can leave the house at eight, you'll be there by ten. Yeah. And that's it. We, we, had, we had a couple of days there. And we, we've done it before where we, we had tickets to see something at the Playhouse. And, like, I finished work, met Alex at the train station, we jumped to the train... Chucked our stuff in the hotel, gone to the, had some tea, gone to the theatre, and then got the train back at like nine o'clock the next morning. Very nice. It's just like done. Yeah. And it'll fly. But we, we went last uh, last week and we had a little bit longer there. But I might just go for pancakes on my birthday morning. Fuck it. Why not? You might. Well, I might have done by now. Yeah. I don't know. And how were they? Delicious. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I felt my to- toes tingling at the end, which oh. is always a, always a good sign. <laughs> so uh, when you go for a breakfast pancake, are you just a, just a stack with some butter and some syrup? Or do you have some meat on there or some fruit? Some meat on there, yeah. Bit of, bit of meat. Psychopath who has plain dry pancakes. I don't you want to cast this, but no, I do Thank not. Thank God. They do one, which is like, like American-style pulled beef. Ooh. On top of it. Oh. Yeah. A beef a beef Bits cake. It's a bacon. It's a beef cake, <laughs> yeah. I wanna have that after a thirty minute after a thirty minute run. I said to Alex I, I approached this subject by saying to Alex, Is it a bit sad that I I I'll probably go for food on my own on my birthday? And she went, Well you say it like that, it's really sad. Yeah. Said, Not in a bad way, just like I'll I'll be off work, you'll be working. I'll just nip up on my own. I don't mind. Fuck it, no. That sounds lovely. Do you have food? Do you eat out on your own? Uh, I used to. Mm. Yeah. I haven't for a while, only because now we're up here. I don't really, still don't have the, the, the lay of the land that much. And I've been here for nearly two years just because of everything being locked down and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but if this was normal times and I knew, knew where everything was, yeah, I'd gladly do it. Yeah. yeah. It's quite liberating. Yeah. I find. I don't know many. There's, there's a few people I know who are horrified by it. Yeah, like Alex kind of gets it, but she'd always prefer to eat with people. But like she said, she said I'd eat on my own if it was if I absolutely had to. Yeah, she stayed in. Um, the one story she always calls back is when she was um, she was working away and she was staying in a hotel and she went down for dinner on her own on the on the first night. She said she took her she took her Kindle with her and read and she said it was. I don't think I. She said I didn't enjoy it. No. I quite like. I just. I quite I, I, like yeah, it. Yeah, I like that as well. I like. I do like it. I'm a bit weird like that. No, I'm the same. But I just said. Is it, I said. I don't mind normally. It's normally it's fine. But is it bad on my birthday to do it? No. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine. It's being comfortable with yourself, comfortable with your own company. That's it. I think yeah. it's a really powerful thing if you can enjoy your own company. Yeah. Because then you can be better company to others, and you're you're not as see urgently seeking people. Yeah. It, it can go too far the other other way though, because as I've as I've gotten older, I've become more introverted. Um, and over lockdown, I I, I became a bit of a hermit <laughs> for the first one. Like um, I think loads of people did, to be fair. But to the point that like I didn't do any Zoom calls at all, at all, none, none. Oh. Didn't fancy it. My mates, I, I'm a mate of fire with it. They're like, yeah, we're all hopping on a group chat. You in? I'm just like. 
No, that's not for me. It's like, if you want to just ring me one by one, I'll gladly have a conversation. But it's just like, just sitting there yeah. as everyone talks. It's like, it's not for me. So I, I avoided all that, all the quizzes and everything. Did uh, A friend of mine did one of those, like a surprise Zoom birthday party. Yeah. Uh, so I was invited and I was with like five, or six other radio people in the one room. And he came in and said hello and then went to another room. And I was just like, I'll be off then. Uh, <laughs> Good to see everyone. Bye. Yeah, that's always a bit weird. Yeah, it's it's when it's just like when but Alex and Alex's family did Zoom quizzes, which I got involved with. Yeah. I quite in. I eventually got into making the quizzes using like I got to dick about on PowerPoint for yeah. a couple of hours. Quite enjoyed that. But I hear you on like the group Zoom call. Yeah, just a bit. Mm, bit weird. So the, the the way I interact with my mates. Bit weird. Same, same, similar kettle of fish, a teapot of fish. We we just <laughs> play on our playstations instead and have the chat on there because it was like it, it felt more casual. It wasn't like right, we are here to talk to each other. It was like no, we're here to play games and we could just talk shit as well. So that's how we. It's a bit more casual then. Like, yeah, it's not, you're not you're not hell bound on having to start a conversation. Yeah, exactly. What have you been up to? Nothing. What have you been up to? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Right. Lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Well, just the same as I was before. Yeah. Golda still looks like a banana, by the way. Less banana-y because they made the decision to not paint his ears black anymore. Well, that's good. That fills the wrestling quota that we have to talk about. <laughs> what have you made of Sting recently? Like, colouring in the edge of his face black? Hilarious. It's weird, isn't it? God bless him. <laughs> Fighting time the way he is. He's turned back the clock in so many other ways. Yeah. I think it's time for Sting to consider not age, not looking his age, but aging his look. Right, yeah. Like, you know how Tom Jones just went grey? And it was, it looked amazing. And he looks class. Yeah. I think, like, there's a great heel turn in Sting with him Ooh. with grey hair. A bit like a like a like a vet like like a like a grizzled a grizzled old veteran. Yeah, that is Sting. I like. like I know Sting's dicked about with um, changing his look up in TNA and stuff. Yeah, but I like the idea of at some point Sting turning on Darby Allen and just like changing up the look, making himself like long haired and grey. Staying as Crow Sting or kind of going more main event mafia style. A little. Well, I kind of want to keep the aesthetic of Crow Sting. Maybe change up the face paint a little bit. Yes. But I think grey or silver hair. Yeah. That, that would look cool. He'd that look would look great. cool. Wouldn't he have to... Re- like, and then he'd maybe wrestle one match against Darby Allen. The rest of the time, he's sort of sat in a in a big chair, just going, I don't need to wrestle you. You're a punk. You're, yeah. you're immature. You need to learn. You ain't wrestling. And then do what Sting does best and make him wait a year to have a match. <laughs> And just it's just just and then Darby Allen can beat Sting and Sting can 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 either chill his beans or just continue enjoying his new looks his new look and reinventing himself again. As much as I I love being given the opportunity to be on the classic Raw podcast, yes, I am so fucking jealous of Sam being able to watch <laughs> the WCW along with you. That the the Sting Hogan storyline and build is my favourite build to a match ever. Great, isn't it? The match is absolutely terrible, mm. but the build is 
It's perfect. It's so good. It's so good. The fact that WCW at the time were flying so high, they were like, here's our biggest star. He's not going to wrestle or speak for a year. And everyone's like, yeah, give us more of that. Fantastic. I, I love a year-long build to something. Yes. I don't mind waiting. Yeah. I. Oh, there you go. Goldust won. Bulldog. As in, he did, <laughs> he did the move. What did I do? <laughs> Ah, uh, well, I'm with him, mate. Gold man. Is he my trophy? Oh, he's black. Big Oscar. Oh, I got that for being in, being in a, being in a, a film. One of them. Full Monty. One of them. One of them talkies that I was in. Talkies. I'm looking at my levels over Del there. Wigan, mine. <laughs> I like to think the bulldog was sat in a chair backstage. Bombardier spilling out of his hand because it's leaning against his leg. And then on the commentary, Vince just goes, Bulldog! And he goes, Bastard! What? <laughs> oh, thought, I thought commentary man was talking. Voice man talking to me. I, I still love I still love it when um, we, we did uh, the, the Kane Miss Carol. And the bit, you, the bit you wrote, Oh, shit, here's our Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to fucking have me. That's good fun. Thanks for downloading the Camus Car. Much appreciated. I, <laughs> I I I showed I showed bits to Sean. Oh my god, what did Sean make of it? It's just every time it's just, every time I show her something stupid, I, I try and get a rise out of it because her job's obviously very hard. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, you, you think it's bad. Yeah, well, this is what I have to do in work. <laughs> and she's just like, You've worked hard to get this job. As long as you enjoy your job and it's put money on the table. You can do what the fuck you Aww. like. And I'm like, great. Can I get a rise out of you? She's <laughs> like, nope, no, you can't. I'm Aww. placid. So. Even when we brought Peanut Butler to life. <laughs> she was made up with Peanut Butler coming to Very life. Very good, sir. Oh, she loves the Peanut Butler. Oh, talking of peanuts, there's Bob uh... Backlund. <laughs> um, presidential debate between Backlund and Clinton. I love Mr. Backland. I just realised there's dead air now because we just yeah, listened we just, to Bob we Backland. Just, we just got drawn into uh, to Bob Backland. Kick it off on Bill Clinton on TV. I I wish we could have like a, a time machine. To mix universes. Because imagine a tag team of Mr. Bob Backlund and Broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be really That would be fun. brilliant. Oh, Bill, Bill Clinton telling, telling Bob Backlund uh, to actually run for president there. Yeah. yeah, so Backlund had designs on, on becoming president a couple of times in his life. Mm. Um, sadly, never ever truly came to fruition. But uh, that was a good little uh, a little bit between those two. Yeah, enjoyed that. Nice use of Bob Backlund. A year to the almost a year to the day where he became the WWF champion. Oh Christ! Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna. Oh, by the oh. way, um, that was Bam Bam Bigelow's last match in the WWF. Oh right. So he's he's away. He's That's gone. him done. Uh, rough nineteen ninety five. Uh, due to run-ins with the click backstage, among other things. Why am I not surprised? Uh, 
they cause a little bit of bother to the click these days. Um, but that's him done. It, it, it's 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 almost like I, I wonder if he'll end up in ECW with someone else who doesn't like the click. Oh, we'll could you imagine what a team they would form? They'd be called <laughs> the Anti Undertaker Friends. Not Anti Undertaker Friends. <laughs> Anti-click friends. <laughs> Sean, the, Sean the Sheep Michaels and his posse. <laughs> Sean the Sheep Michaels. He showed the sheep. He showed the sheep. He doesn't muck around with things that cannot bleed. <laughs> we, we, we were talking about our cats the other day because that's all Sean and I talk about. That's what you do, yeah. And I was saying, because I've mentioned about Poppy's eyelids before, their eyebrows. <laughs> Because she was a little street cat when she was brought into the um, pet place that I've just completely forgot the name of. The, the shelter. Yes. Her eye lashes had grown like into her eye. Oh, bless her. So she had to have eyelid surgery. And if it would have went wrong, she would have been put to sleep. So when we got her, oh. her eyebrows were shaved like she'd been pissed and like stitched over. So as a result, she's kind of got like a natural frown. Friendliest cat, but she just always looks pissed off. Always looks angry. But I said to Sean, I was like, Hey, does Poppy look more like Preston the dog or Feathers McGraw? <laughs> and she was like, she was like, she was like, I think Feathers. I was like, nah, Preston for me. Preston, because Feathers never looked like he was frowning. Yeah. He always just looked sort of like glazed over. He was menacing, but in a... Yeah. I always think it's great how Ardman animations were able to make so few facial elements so emotive. Oh, yeah. Wallace, like, Gromit just had, like, his eyebrows. Yeah. And they were often withering. I've never seen a withering eyebrow before. He was very withering with his eyebrows at yeah, this point. Wallace is a fucking liability, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> what you say, lad? Oh, Gromit, I'm a liability. <laughs> Come on, lad, get off your backside. I've made a machine that turns my trousers into bank robbers. <laughs> They're the wrong trousers, Gromit. <laughs> I, I love the Wallace... Wallace Hand. You couldn't find a more British show title than Wallace and Gromit, The Wrong Trousers. <laughs> I don't know anyone who dislikes Wallace and Gromit. There's a new one coming out. Yes, there is. And a new chicken run. And it's the oh, the new chicken run I'm excited for. Yeah. New Wallace and Gromit I'm excited for, but it's the sad, it's the first one without Peter Salas. Yeah, who? He who was th- Wallace. Yeah, I know, but I mean, who, oh. who are they going to Um, I believe it's Wesley Snipes. Okay, yeah. I've heard it's Lenny Henry. I, 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 I mean, my sources had mentioned Lenny Henry. All right, Gromit. <laughs> Make us, Gromit, get some cheese and crackers. <laughs> yes, porridge for breakfast to be all right. <laughs> all right, Wendell, eh? <laughs> Give a kiss, Wendell. <laughs> get the fucking feathers we out of my house. You piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, because they are, they are big shoes to fill. They are big shoes. Because the, the thing I like about Wallace and Gromit is, even though, you know, you've got things like robot dogs killing people and evil penguins, like, robbing banks with guns, they're such... It, the world is so gentle. It's just, like, it's jumpers and it's people eating cheese and it's just people being in Yorkshire where the sun's always setting on a Sunday. It's lovely. Yeah. There's a real, there's a real warmth and charm about it that I really, really like. Um, we are about to, so we've got the royals in this one and there you see the three members of the dark side the bone street crew bone street crew gathering for a uh, 
a very important meeting today. Oh, you, oh you've, you've done it now. Here comes Mark. And he's, yeah. You've done it now. <laughs> you've gone and fucked it right up, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's everyone's favourite leader. Of the of of the of the military wives Bone Street crew, <laughs> uh, the, the WI Street crew. Now, Paul, I think the idea of a nude calendar would raise <laughs> funds that are badly needed, but I, I'm not sure I can go through with I, it. I just, oh, do you know, I don't want anyone seeing me, Pecker. <laughs> but you'll hide it behind that lovely flower pot. These flower pots are expensive. So I thought it was an urn. No, that's the urn. That's a flower pot. That's our uncle Jeffrey. <laughs> Here is the Undertaker, right? He got his face caved in quite legitimately. Yeah. By Mabel. Yeah. They turned it into a story, and he disappeared for a bit, had a little rest, because you know Undertaker has spent the better part of his wrestling career fucking paggered. Let's be honest. That that is the reason why he went so long, wasn't it? He just fuck off for a bit. They give him consistent. It's almost like resting your talent gives you longer with them. Who'd have thunk it? I it only dawned on me the other day, and I was listening to a podcast about him that Steve Austin's career in the WWF, nineteen ninety six till two thousand and three. Yeah, like seven years. Yeah, and most of that was spent on the shelf. Was it? Is it nineteen ninety nine? He's out for pretty much the whole year. Two thousand. Two thousand. So yeah, yeah. So like, it's just chop a year off that. Yeah. And it's just what? What a how? Sh- and he became in that short amount of time the biggest star in wrestling history. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And you have guys that have been in there for twice the amount of time, and they haven't got the name value. Like Dolph Ziggler. Oh, I, was, I was thinking Dolph Ziggler. No. I'd love Dolph Ziggler as well. Can't believe he got chucked out by Johnny Knoxville last night. Oh, no. Saturday night. It's really thrown me that the Rumble is on a Saturday. I, I really I, thrown me. I like I like it because um, considering I'm sleeping terribly, I'm gonna hopefully watch it Sunday morning. Ah, oh, nice. So yeah, I thought it was on a Sunday, and my and and Monday today being my birthday, I originally I I was gonna take today off. I have taken today off, um, but I said to Adam, like, I'll come in to do graded live, um, but I'll come in. I know it's my birthday, but I'll come in because I really want to do it. I think it's important that we do it. And he was like, oh, I really appreciate that. And then I realized, oh, it's on a Saturday. Oh, it's oh, so I've got to come in on a Sunday. Oh, I'm, I've got a Radio Newcastle shift on the Sunday. So I had to do some wild jiggery pokery to, to I've, I've, got, I've pulled a, called, called in a favor or two. Um, thanks to Nick Roberts. I'm covering his show on Friday. <laughs> So, so, I, so he can do the show on the Sunday. Right. So I really wanted to do it. I like the fact that even in the BBC, it's just the case of texting someone saying, hey, could you swap shifts? Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> Facebook messaged to say that. Wow. That was what we did. There is Undertaker with his lovely mask. He's had, has he had some new tattoos as well, maybe? He hasn't been paying his subs to the Bone Street crew. He's been spending it all on that wild, wild ink. <laughs> Dead man ink. Hey! hey! Oh. Yeah. So we have here, he's genuinely, legitimately knackered up his face. We have a mask on The Undertaker. Now, this Phantom of the Opera mask. Now, originally, there were plans for a mask that had leather straps, gaps around the eye, and like a leather platelet around the jaw. Oh. Eerily similar to a mask that they would use a few months from now. For Mason the Mutilator. 
That's the right one. Yeah. Oh, God. So that, yeah, it's not long until mm. Mrs. Foley's baby boy turns up. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm looking forward to, because I know we mentioned before that I got lulled into a false sense of security, thinking that as soon as 90, the second 95 ends, that 96 is going to be off to the races. Yes, But there is really there is. is still stuff to look forward to. Austin's coming. Foley's oh God, coming. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's it. I know was, I'm, I'm sad saying goodbye to the new generation era, but what it leads into is is the, the wildest ride in, yeah. in the wrestling world. And one of my uh, favourite wrestlers, not, not ever, but an underrated talent, Mark Merrick. I think Mark Merrow was a fantastic oh, yeah. wrestler. Very yes. underrated. Doing shooting star presses in 450s and WWF in 1996. Oh. He was... Um, that was that was it. Mm. He was, he, this, we're going to really ramp it up now, which I'm really excited about. And the TKO. What a fucking move. Spit it. Whoa. Not when Sable did it. That was terrible. But when Mark <laughs> Merrow did it, lovely. Later become the F5. And here we are right now looking at two men who would conspire to take Steve Austin out of wrestling in years to come. Some said they did it for a rock. But <laughs> I, I don't know what uh, some kind of geology's got to do with that. I did it for Chief Maivia's grandson. <laughs> so um, Bone Street, so as we've talked about on the uh, podcast several times now, the, uh, the, the Dark Side team is actually Undertaker and his mates. Yeah. So, so much of this show, right, gives you little, little read between the lines. You get little insight into how the inmates are truly running the asylum at oh, this God, point. Oh, God, yeah. The click is running rampant. And then you've got Undertaker and his mates, the Bone Street crew, who have somehow managed to find a way to go, can we build a Survivor Series team where it's just all of us? I know we don't fit really a lot of storylines, but we all just want to hang out together. Well, yeah, because wasn't Mabel a member of the crew as well? And he's on the opposing side. He's, yeah, he's and in the match. Obviously, you've got Kane there as well, who would later become quite close, I think. He would with... be, yeah, I think I'd, Undertaker would bring him to the meetings. Yeah. But he wouldn't, he'd have to be signed in every time. Oh, of course, yeah. If he, he's not a member, Undertaker, so he'll have to sign in. It's, it's 35p to sign in sign in your brother, Kane. But Paul, he's your, he's your, he's your and, son. I know, look. Don't give me that fucking shit. This happens every week. I don't care. Remember what it says on the sign outside. Coin, even if blood. Blood. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you read it at the same time as me. <laughs> and that other thing it says on the sign, let's say it together. Now, no, look, look out. out. Here, Here comes the hot <laughs> stepper. That's right. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Look, I know he's a fucking kid, but you got to still fucking sign him, mate. you got to sign him in. Because if there was a fire in this WI, Aye. and he was in here, unsigned in, <laughs> how would we know he got out? But How would we know he got out? Henry... Henry, Henry is drunk. What about Phineas? Though Phineas comes as well. Yes, but that's very different. And you know, are we going to talk about this shit every single time we come in here? It's different with Phineas because Phineas was a member in 1995, and he got, let's say it together, full time gold, gold platinum, platinum. <laughs> all over the edge. Look, Look out, out, mother! <laughs> membership plus. <laughs> 
I know. I, I got the forms printed. <laughs> you t- you went to you went to Snappy Snaps to get them printed, which is weird because they don't even print them there. It's a I, photo play. I, I, Paul, I told you, I know a fella, and I know a fella. You do know a fella they're everywhere, and and we know why Phineas is here without having to sign it. In. We know that. I'm sick of us having to always talk about it. I mean, I, I suppose there's no such thing as a free jam butty. There, so. it says, as it says on the sign outside. Yeah. It says, there's <laughs> no, no such thing as, as a free jam butty. <laughs> Above the sign that says, look, look out, out for <laughs> stray dogs. <laughs> On, on Leeds. In Leeds. In Leeds. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. We sound pissed. Yes, sir. I can boogie. <laughs> Some people pay for this, Tom. <laughs> Shit. Sorry about that. You should do- <laughs> I'd say spend your money elsewhere, but please don't. No. Quite like coming into work and hanging out with me, mate. I, I, I like being a 33-year-old man who can have Easter egg for lunch. <laughs> I forgot you. Is that you eating a Freddo at the same time? Look at all my... I've just realised Savio Vega is wearing Undertaker merch. I think they all are, apart from Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are, are they? They've all got Undertaker's shirt on. Oh. Are they, is it like covering the costs of his new mask? Oh, I think so. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler dressed like a condom as well. <laughs> like, not, not not some kind of gold foil condom, <laughs> as in... Yeah, what? right, like Jerry Lawler's ever used a condom. <laughs> <laughs> package in a condom. Comes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't, don't worry, honey, I've practised the rhythm <laughs> method. He bought protection, he walks out wearing that. <laughs> I'm sure the amount of fried chicken and coke he's drunk over the years has all but melted away his sperm. <laughs> I feel like that's something like that's the. It looks like he's taken like the the bed sheets of a of a seventies pimp and turned them into a, into an outfit. I mean, to be fair. If Jerry Jerry Lawler's hair went white there, it would just look like a wrestling Peter String fellow. <laughs> wow! Does the wrestling world need a Peter? I think it does. Needs a Peter. Like, okay, right, I know, I know that he's a divisive character. Yes, but hear me out. Discomferno. Okay, if he grew his hair and let it go grey. Yeah, he could play wrestling Peter Stringfellow. <laughs> Peter Stringfellow. For private party, no for, admission. For our friends in America who don't know who Peter Stringfellow is, imagine Hugh Hefner without any of the class or the charm. <laughs> the kind of man who thinks there's nothing there's nothing more arousing than a four foot black marble statue of a panther in the bedroom <laughs> and a heart shaped bed. It's not even wrong. He ran nightclubs, didn't he, Stringfellow? Yeah. He ran, yeah, Stringfellows was the nightclubs. Yes. Were they naughty nightclubs where ladies did dances and stuff? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he was a bit of like one of them sort of type characters. Yeah. Um, is he still with us? I, he must be long gone. I think gone. so. He must well, how awful does that sound? He must be long gone. I hope, obviously, I hope he's not and he's lived a long and prosperous and full life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can't believe... We are Googling going. Peter Stringfellow. During a watch-along of Survivor Series. He, di- he died in 2018. Oh. Hey, that's a good innings. He was... That is a bloody good innings. He was 77. Yeah, that's... I thought he was older than that. Yeah. 
with the greatest respect to him. So, uh... so what was Peter Stringfellow doing in 1995? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's what the people want to know. Okay. Um... Uh, let's have a look. Career. Oh, oh God. Career. Oh, Career. oh God. It's it's not. Peter gonna... Stringfellow dated sixteen-year-old page three model who <laughs> he met in Covent Garden. Oh. Oh God. Um, he also sends a letter to NME magazine. <laughs> a letter that Peter Stringfellow sent to the NME in 1995 has emerged on Twitter, in which Stringfellow denounces the behaviour of Blur as obnoxious little shits <laughs> when they visited his nightclub. He took umbrage to the magazine's report that he has supposedly fawningly ushered Damon Albarn and co into his club. What a load of crap, he wrote, <laughs> mentioning that the band were unable to, quote, use one sentence without every other word being F or C. Totally unnecessary. <laughs> See, I miss the th- <laughs> these kind of days when it'd be like, no, we, d- we don't want, we don't want globetrotting rock stars. We want fucking <laughs> Les Dawson coming of a weekend and Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> Bruce Forsyth, you say? They'd be like, yes, the dancers have the nipples out, but you can also get a pasty pea supper for £2.50. <laughs> <laughs> Still smoke at the tables. That's <laughs> I miss the days of going into a nightclub where it was just everybody was rolling tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did, uh, I did some, uh, some night shift radio. Just before, um, uh, you know, before we recorded this. Yeah. Hence why I was up till like two in the morning because I did radio 10 to one. And I liked, I I would never do it full time because my head would fall off. (laughs) Um, But on the odd occasion, if they go, Tom, could you come and cover the late show? I'm like, yeah, Mm. it's callers and a bit of music and a bit of a more casual, irreverent chat. You know, obviously you have to be careful because some of the callers, as I've discovered for the last night or so, are pissed. Yeah. And you have to be very cautious with who you take to wear. Oh, yeah. Um, but I like the atmosphere of it. And I feel like in the 90s, whoever was hosting those shows would have been doing it in a, in a low lit room with a cigarette on the go and an ashtray under the microphone. This is the late show. <laughs> Like a CD Larry King. Yeah. <laughs> call in with uh, your call the love line now. And, uh... Call the four is Babs from Rochester. How are you doing, Babs? Yeah. Hello there, Peter. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> so, how's your problem? Oh, I've got gout again. Oh, good. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about your gout. Oh, <laughs> you mucky bear, you. <laughs> <laughs> You've been eating too much pork, have you? Then? <laughs> Yes, I've been eating too much pork pizza. Too much pork in you. I'll sort that gout out for you. <laughs> a mate I used to work with an HMV used to get gout. <laughs> we used to laugh at him and call him Henry VIII. Because we were just like, <laughs> we were just like, it's like that's a Tudor disease. He's like, yeah, but you know, sometimes I just have a bit of chorizo and he fuck goes massive. <laughs> <laughs> right, and what's great is now is that the Cultaholic podcast feed this week, right, because on su- this coming Sunday, we have an episode of Des Island Graps featuring Wrestling Memes, who is a wrestler who started a, a, a meme revolution in the early noughties and then went on to become a wrestler himself. Right. And he tells a story about how he had to miss some matches this year because he unexpectedly got gout. <laughs> so I'm glad that this week we can bookend the podcast with discussions of gout. <laughs> Again, we are so down with the kids. 
How many other properties both have copious amounts of discussions about gout and a TikTok? <laughs> the only company in the world that their output consists of TikTok and Peter Street. <laughs> Kane's fighting the Undertaker. Just had to draw your attention to that. Oh, jeepers! One tombstone. One that took one tombstone. He'll kick out a three in years to come. Yes, he will. He'll strengthen his neck. Taking that one. Undertaker Triple H, but they never ever ever wrestled oh. until like WrestleMania twenty whatever it was. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we all get amnesia every time they fight. Yeah. I like the one where Undertaker threw Triple H onto a bed. Yeah. Which, as a kid, I remember looking really cool. And whenever he watched it, I was like, ah. <laughs> Are we going to protect Triple H? He's going to get a count out. Oh, no, he's going to get a tombstone. Funny seeing them interact. You go, oh, yeah, they'd, uh, they'd knock around for ages, these two. Yeah. Jesus! That was a hell of a chokeslam. Fair fucks to both of them. Yeah. That, that'll do. That was nice. Oh, I like that. Great choke slam. Well done, Trips. Jeebus! Right. Watch his head. Watch his head, Mame. Will you watch M- Mabel, who's there now? I know he's in the crew sometimes. But, like, actually, is he in the crew? Is he in the crew? I don't think he's in the crew. He's not in the register. Because I'd just be thinking, like, if I were Mabel, like, that leg drop that broke his nose, he's now out there with all his mates around him. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to drop this like I am dropping a feather from a building. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to drop so gingerly. It's like the... um, Have you heard the anecdote that Bobby Heenan said about uh, when Ultimate Warrior used to work with Andre the Giant? Oh, is it where he, um, he used to really... Um, like leather him and then Andre just went bang yeah <laughs> calm yeah. down yeah so in in the words uh, just like the way Bobby Heenan started he goes Andre used to like to take a clothesline so when Andre would do his famous bump where he'd get caught in the ropes um, before he'd do that he'd do it he'd get out of it and I think he'd take a clothesline and he'd basically say to Warrior right after that one two three run and hit me with a clothesline First night, one, two, he's there on two. Next night, one and a half, he's there with the clothesline. He's just getting faster and faster and running to Andre as fast as possible. And then one night, they're about to do it. Ultimate Warriors run as fast as you can at Andre Giant on one. Andre holds up his fist, which is the size of a fridge, and just punches him right between the eyes. <laughs> and after, the, after that night, it wasn't a problem. Oh, he was there. He was hitting his mark. He was oh, a gracious opponent. <laughs> I remember Bobby Heenan describing it as after that match, Warrior was. <laughs> I miss Bobby Heenan. I fucking love Bobby Heenan. There was a great little nod to Bobby this week on Twitter uh, as people shared uh, the clip of the Iron Sheik walking to the ring at WrestleMania X7. And the Bobby Heenan call said, by the time he gets to the ring, it's going to be WrestleMania 38. <laughs> so we are now two months away. From the Iron Sheik getting oh, into the ring. God. He might arrive at the same time as Veer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, Dark Side wins that one, by the way. Yeah. Uh, good showing for Savio Vega Fatu, Henry Godwin, and Undertaker. Well done, everybody. Yeah. Well, well, well done, Undertaker, basically. <laughs> it was just the Undertaker show. Look at Jim Ross's copious notes. Am I really sad? I quite like trying to read their notes and just see. 
Yeah. That's this. Oh, so it's all script, isn't it? So it's just... And like he's got coloured binders on his. I like that. Oh, if anyone watching has any access to that grey Hitmen t-shirt that Bret Hart is wearing, hit me up because I want that. Ah. I like to think that... I like to think that <laughs> Bret looked at it and went, no, no, it's Hitman. <laughs> the... There's only one me, and it's me. And Bret it's not Hart. the... <laughs> Owen, you're not hip, man. As it says on the sign above the door, <laughs> there's only one, one hit, hit me. Hit you, hit you if you accuse you me of not, not being hit, man. man. Now, Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> yeah. That's Full famous. stop. That is, that is as good as a Bret Hart promo. <laughs> Just say, just check if the camera's working. So give give yourself a wave. <laughs> give me a dog. Oh no, he's putting dog fights on again. Is that dog fight? Oh, okay. dog, what dogs? Winston, Matilda, come on, we go sing for supper. <laughs> They've been dead for years. <laughs> I think Winston's still kicking at this point, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think he definitely retired. Yeah, at least. Do you know there were two Eddies in Fraser? No. I knew the main one was Moose. Yes. Moose retired for the last sort of four seasons. Yeah. And they had a younger dog replace him. Oh. Because he was getting old. But on the last episode of Frasier, they brought Moose onto the set. And they brought him out for a standing ovation. Oh, I love... I love Eddie. Yeah. He's great. Beautiful dog. Beautiful dog. I don't know whether they'll... I presume, I presume if they do bring back Frasier, which they're threatening to do, I presume Moose will just be... Well, Moose is long gone, obviously, but they'll, they'll not bring back Eddie. No. Because well, Marty Crane's gone as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So... I don't like the idea of them bringing back Frasier without all these parts I never, missing. I never knew that John Mahoney's from, like, Manchester, isn't he? He played Frasier's dad. Is he? He's, he's a monk. Is he a monk? Yeah. Explain Daphne's accent. Exactly, yeah. Oh, here he is. Yeah! Talking to Manx. God, he looks swollen. Survivor man. Go. So every man for for every man. Man, man. Oh, you you bastard man. Man, man. Hey, money man. Stop being a cunt. I won't even look at you, Ted. You have fucking dollars. No, pounds still. Yeah, that's it, it. Shillings and that. Hey, heart, heartbreak man. Ooh! Oh my god! All our memes in one place! Fuck me. Look at, look at this boy! God! He just looks like he's going to swallow the world whole. In a bit of Ahmed chat, I was listening to. <laughs> Ahmed chat? Is that the podcast you do on the side? It is. Hi. Ahmed chat. 1 800 Ahmed chat for all your Ahmed Johnson needs. We, do have, we, we have, I believe, an Ahmed online one. Oh, wait a minute, we've read that wrong. <laughs> it's actually Arvid. I was watching the Major Wrestling Figure podcasts. Um, they did a full history of the WWF Just Toys Bendham line. Oh, nice. And there's an Ahmed figure in that. And they're just basically saying, remember when Ahmed came in and he was fucking great? And they were like, yeah, he was really good when he came in. He looked amazing. He had he the best short run ever. And they just buggered off. So I think that like they started off so well with him. By him being just this machine that slammed Yokozuna. Oh, yeah. Started so well. Brian Myers was even saying, he was like, he remembers vividly seeing that on Raw and being like, whoa, 
Who's this dude? Who's this, who's this sexy man? <laughs> Throwing Yoko around like he's nothing. I can't wait to see him cut a promo. Is this the last Dean appearance? It could possibly be. I would not be surprised. Nothing in the notes that I have suggests that it is. Hmm. But it could possibly. By the way, if you are watching the current time, one hour, 27 minutes, 21 seconds, 22, 23, 24, 25. Thank you for watching. <laughs> this has been the Sky at the, Night. <laughs> Uh, whose idea was the wildcard match? Jackkins? In kayfabe or reality? Reality. Shawn Michaels. Bill Watts. Oh, was this one of the things Bill Watts brought in in his one week with this the company? Is, this is the final Bill Watts idea that yeah. we'll see played out. He just went, have a match where we just put the goodies and the baddies on different teams. And Vince went, yeah, I like it, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is shit. <laughs> uh, Watts and McMahon, as we've said on many times, constantly at odds. Yeah. Now, one week... Yeah, it's been one week since she looked at me. And uh, he's gone already. <laughs> yeah, it's, this, it's, outlast, this gimmick outlasted him. It, it's because, you know, Bill Watts actually likes and respects wrestling and Vince hates it. It's almost, again, it's almost like history repeating itself because Triple H has been seemingly ostracized from the business yeah. for having the audacity to care about wrestling. Yeah. Do you think he'll, put, I, I, do you think, do you think he'll just stay gone now? Maybe they might trot him out every once in a while on a Raw or SmackDown. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Whack him in the Hall of Fame. It's it's one of those that like on a human level I feel sorry for Triple H. But then you remember everything that he's done and you just like this is this is karma for oh. a lot of your career. Not the not the not the health stuff. But can't believe you said a man having a heart attack deserved. Oh, well, do you know what? I stand by it though. It's but, not what you said at all. Before that gets, it's not what you said at no, all. No, no. But you think of all the bollocks with the click. You think of the golden shovel. You think of the reign of terror. You think of him saying, I'm not losing to Kurt Angle because he's a midget and all this stuff and just yeah. being an arsehole. And now everyone, because NXT was that good, everyone's like, Triple H is all right. It's like, I'm sure he is, but he has been a fucking arsehole for a lot of his career as well. So it's I'm conflicted. Is it a bit like the final scene in This Is England 90? That's the only one of the series I've not seen. Oh, I won't say any more then, just in case. I probably won't watch it because it's been too many years anyway, and it's fallen by the wayside. Heartbreaking, because he comes out of prison. Combo or yes, yeah. They both. I think they both did time, and he and he and he sort of gets his life right. Yeah, and then he meets up with the kid he beat up, Milky. Milky. But yeah. He meets up with Milky. And they go to this cafe and he apologizes to Milky. He says, like, you know, I was an awful person and I apologize. And then all of a sudden these three big guys come in. And Milky's really upset because Milky wasn't expecting him to be as remorseful as he was. Yeah. And Milky said, look, when I was on my deathbed, some promises were made. And they take him away, chuck him in the back of a van. And as far as we know, he gets the shit beat out of him and thrown off the roof. And that's... Wow. We don't see him die. Yeah. But the last thing he does is he looks at Milky and he says, uh, he says, I forgive you, and I hope one day you'll forgive me. And he's away. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, because I watched, obviously, the film, and then the first series was fucking heavy. Oh, it's all heavy. Yeah, I know. And I think it just got to the point that when the third came out, I was like, I do want to watch that, but at the same time, oh, it's a bit heavy. Talking of heavy. 
Oh! <laughs> Look at him glisten! He's right, amazing. he is a star! He's and amazing. I know we're going to take the mick as years go on, but God, he looks like a star! Oh, he does. Christ! Ahmed Johnson's a star. Big T is not a star. <laughs> he just looks like he, he is about to swallow the world. He holds himself so well. Just look at yeah. like There's not like an ounce of... He's not arsed. This is probably the biggest show of his career at this point, without a shadow of a doubt. It's just... Full on bad, and do you know what? This is the kind of badass that Diesel could have been. I know he, I know Ahmed did these promos of like, like mother for yeah. helping me take me to the pitches that time. Yeah, um, but like just the stone cold pun intended sort of stance and the stoicness of Ahmed, just that new age badass that the world needs. Yeah. Oh, he's doing pump kicks as well. He knows karate. (laughs) Have Armour Johnson just run through the roster at this point. But then here's the guy. So here's the guy. So fun little factoid about Shawn Michaels at this point. Go on. So we've talked extensively about Syracuse. Oh, yeah. A real defining moment in Shawn Michaels' career, that. Because there were plans to turn him face anyway. But... um, the Syracuse thing that was something they weren't counting on, and they leaned into it. They weren't going to originally. Meltzer in The Observer for this week says that there was conversations about having it so, instead of acknowledging the Syracuse incident, mm. have it so somebody like, for example, they hadn't decided, but someone like Jeff Jarrett had beaten him up. Okay. And have Jeff Jarrett get the heat. Yeah. And then have Shawn Michaels be the resilient babyface that, that gets his revenge. But they decided... They didn't think Jeff Jarrett was strong enough. There was nobody really that really could do it justice. So they decided just to lean into it. Yeah. And it actually made him a bigger baby face for the way they portrayed him. Yeah, fair fox. Um, rather than having... Because there was really no antagonist that he could get his revenge on. Yeah. But he just sort of fought back regardless and he became incredibly beloved. Well, but there was originally thought that Jeff Jarrett might be getting all the heat for that. Well, it was... In a good way. One of the last Raws we watched, you know, the seven years ago when we were last regularly <laughs> together. And um, Sean was doing some taped promos. And he was showing a lot of humility. And even I was warming up to him and I can't stand Shawn Michaels. Um, Did you not like his more uh, reformed run in 2002 onwards? No, I couldn't get past it. Really? Yeah, because from, from a kid, I hated Shawn Michaels that much that it just stayed with me. Oh, wow. That I was just like, anyone but Shawn. Anyone but Shawn. L- love, his, love his work. Love his ability. And I loved it when he was a heel, so I could be like, yeah, fuck, I've got a reason to cheer against Sean. But even when he was a face, it was just like, nah, I can't get past it, Sean. I can't I can't forgive you. Yeah. Wow. For the barbershop window and everything that came from it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a shame, because I thought genuinely his his later run, 02 onwards, was probably, I would say, in terms of in-ring work, superior to his oh, 90s run. It's incredible, yeah. Mm. I love the matches and everything. I, I, I could watch the match and be like, oh, he's a fantastic performer. But if I was like really getting into the match, I'd be like, oh, come on. who Like, Michaels versus Hogan. <laughs> Four-year-old Jack came back out and he was like, yeah, come on, Hulkamania, brother. Um, and and I was, Michael's bouncing around the ring like he's made of rubber. Yeah, so <laughs> looking back, I'm just like, yeah, Hogan's an arsehole. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, where do you sit on that? Because that's two guys who you aren't really uh, for, like sold on in that match. How well, do you consume that match now? 
now it's different, yeah. Because like I said, as a kid, Hulk Hogan's the reason I've got this job. Mm. I was a huge Hulkamania. <laughs> yeah, because he did, he did your references. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's the reason I got back into it. <laughs> 97, 98, everything like this. Um, even recently, I, I got a, a Hulk Hogan figure off ringside collectibles. I was like, right, I'm getting one. A Hollywood Hogan. Hollywood. Oh, yeah. The, Hollywood the, brother. The best one. Yeah. But uh, you could tell if it's one of my scripts that Pachiti's reading. Because there'll usually be a bit that's like, oh yeah, Terry Belair, you know, the one who's a twat. And I'm just like, he's 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 an arsehole. He's an he absolute arsehole. And like, but we love him. <laughs> no, we don't. It, it, I mean, it's like I, I've gone back and reevaluated wrestlers that I was either didn't mind or wasn't too bothered about as a kid from that period. Like at the time, I thought, yeah, Macho Man's okay. But looking back, Macho Man Randy Savage, Jesus Christ. And, like, I've got, like, a newfound respect for Ted DiBiase, who at the time was like, oh, boo, because of Hogan. I go back and watch him, and DiBiase was incredible. Rick Martell, I've become a huge fan of the model when he was doing his model run. Fantastic. So it's... Because you can appreciate more how hard some of these guys worked. Yeah. Um, to, to make others look strong. Exactly, yeah. So it's... Quite thankless in a weird way. Yeah, well, it's 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 one of those as well. It's, like, it's both viewing it from a a position of an adult from a position of doing research for work and, you know, being smartened up to the business, but also disassociating it. Like my love, my childhood love for Hogan now being like, ah, he's a dickhead. Let's see how much of a dickhead he's being Mm -hmm. and how much everyone put up with his shit. It's yeah. It's a different way to come to it. Yeah. I think that you do this job and you do think differently about it. You have to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you'll, I think there'll always have there'll always be stuff that you're a fan of, but there'll be times where you have to be a bit more objective and just go. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that's it. Do you has your passion for wrestling changed since doing this job? Definitely, because I mean, I had stopped watching again, maybe full time when I was about twenty. I'd stopped again, mm. so I'm 33 now. But it's one of those that when the internet started coming up. I was reading websites. I was on forums without actually watching it just to kind of like keep up with it. And I got into, you know, Japan a bit and the Indies a bit and then kind of fell to the wayside again because I was like, I haven't got time for any of this. I've got Mm -hmm. no one to watch it with. But as I started doing this is when AEW came around and I was like, right, this is starting from episode one. I'm going to start watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'd never seen much of the young books apart from some old PWG and some old Chikara bits, but only bits. I'd seen fuck all Kenny Omega apart from the weird DDT stuff. Um, and I was like, right, this is really good. This is proper good wrestling. This feels like because it was a WCW kid. Obviously, it does feel a bit like WCW. So, getting back around to it, I've gone round the houses there, but it, it has mm. it has changed the way I kind of look at it, definitely. Um, like I choose when I'm doing the news I mainly cover Impact and AEW because that's what I like to watch I don't watch any WWE really unless we've like Aiden's like can you cover this and I'll be like right let me get up to speed kind of thing yeah and like I said I'm going to watch the Rumble because the fucking Rumble it's but... the Rumble it's the, it's the you know even my dad's asking me who's winning the Rumble yeah like... But it's, it's one of those things when people say we've got so much wrestling out. If there's something you're not bothered about, don't go on Twitter and say it's shit. Just don't watch it. There you go. There you go. Voice of reason. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. 
It's great that we like. This is why it's a really good time to be a wrestling fan because there is so much you can consume. Yeah. And if there's something you don't like, that's fine too. Find something that you love. Yeah. And there's loads of it. And even if there's nothing contemporary that you love, we pretty much have access to every wrestling match ever. Oh God, now. yeah. So you can find something that vibes with you. I miss Lucha Underground. That's all there still. I never watched it. Oh, it's great. It was, oh, it's brilliant. It was during one of my times when I had just one eye on the business. Mm. And I heard it was really good. And I've seen the bit with Angelico doing that ridiculous dive from the top of an office 70 foot away. I've seen that. but um, Commissioner's office. It's, great. it's like I, I'd, I'd love to start watching MLW, but there's only so many hours in the day. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to, at some point this year, whether I try and shoehorn it in and work, be like, oh, I really need to watch some MLW for a piece, which <laughs> if that happens, who knows? But, uh, I yeah. t- and uh, I tell you which one I miss. In terms of like, oh, there's stuff all the time that you can watch from all eras. Wrestling Society X, I really want to do something with. Is that the MTV one? Mm-hmm. Again, in b- fact, bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. What, like a, yeah, I can do like a rise and fall thing. Or... I, I think there's something in that. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pitch it now whilst I'm... Uh, remembering. Remem- well remembering. Um, anything in. <laughs> this is live me throwing a video this idea is, This is how we work in the office. <laughs> There'll just be little natterings and someone will go, oh, that's an idea for a thing. And then I'll sit there saying, everyone should watch Impact and no one listens to me because I like Impact. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's great though, yeah. Impact. Like, they still continue to be great. There we go. I've just pitched it. Um, but Wrestling Society X was great fun. Just yeah. half an hour of just carnage. Just, just, just over the top nonsense. Just, just junk food wrestling at its finest. Oh, fantastic! Loud, proud, bombastic explosions, uh, matches that were held at like twenty miles, two hundred fifty miles an hour. Yeah, just ah, oh, great fun, great fun. The shows were like twenty-two minutes long, and oh, in that in twenty-two great. minutes, you'd probably have a multi-man ladder match and a casket match. <laughs> and as the first place, I saw Seth Rollins because. He was in a tag team with Jimmy Jacobs. The Age of the Fall. No, they were called Do It For Her. Oh, they right. They were an emo tag team. <laughs> I, think, I, think he was, I, think, I think Jimmy was emo and Tyler was screamo. Yeah. That was kind of how it rolled. Um, but that was, where he did, that was where he did his thing there. There was a, a I think it was Vampiro in an exploding casket match. I think X-Pac was involved. Oh, it's just great. So, what you got put in the casket and then the casket blew up? I think the finish was was Vampiro tombstoning him into the casket, and then but the explosions went off. Camera (laughs) shot. Ah, it's great. Wrestling's brilliant when it's bollocks. It's like uh, I remember the first time I ever saw PWG. I'd seen just clips of Super Dragon online. I was like, "Who the hell is this? Who is Super Dragon? Why is he not my best friend?" And it was when the first. Best of came out the PWG sells out triple disc. And I just bought it and I sat there watching it. And that was the first time I'd ever seen Kevin Steen. I was like, oh, this fella's fucking special. <laughs> he good. Yeah. And that's one of the things like with wrestling now, because we, especially you, I I feel, you and Jack especially, get your fingers into the, the pies of the 
I put my the fingers s- all the way in the pie. The stuff that's going on. I'm squeezing, the, squeezing the meat juice. Oh, squeeze that juice. Squeezing the meat juice. And Luke as well seems really kind of like dialed into what's going on. But just like from far and wide, that I, I do kind of miss like having obscurity and complete blank spots where I can be like, I've never heard of this fella or this. I'm going to check it out because someone we work with will be like, oh yeah, there's this Egyptian wrestling league that's from 1999. <laughs> it's great. Here's every match. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. But... Burdened with knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's nice that we're in a position where we've turned like a passion into a, a method to pay the bills. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's the dream. Thanks, Adam. I know you listen to these. Thank you. Yeah. But it's uh, as well. I he like the check them. I like the fact that it is like everyone in the office will have like their period or their promotion that they like. I know someone like Lewis House, one of our writers. Yeah, he's really into his like like mag- the, the Magnum TA era is what I call it of NWA and all that kind of stuff. He's a real student of the game. Justin's very much like that as well. Yeah. Justin Henry from Off of America, very much a. Uh, a wrestling historian. Yeah. Like the finest of wrestling historians. Whereas I, I take like a little nibble here, a little nibble there, a little mm. nibble this, but it, it's nice that if, if you need to know something about something, if you're doing research and you'd be like, shit, I've got a black spot about this, I'll message Lewis or I'll message you or I'll turn around and ask Jack or everyone's got their own little kind of specialities. There's enough, yeah, there's enough people who are... Who were in there? I think when we did and Alex did Desert Island Graps with me, she was like, "I could, I could do a job. I get a job here." And she, she said this in the video, and I said, "You don't like wrestling?" Yeah, yeah, but I can learn it. <laughs> so it's not the same. It's like you got to be to do it. To do it, I think you've got to be passionate about it. Yeah. as well. That's the difference because because the hours can be bonkers, and you've got to really love it. It's it's like with Fraser Fraser's recollection for dates is ridiculous oh he's he's very good like we'll just say like oh when did oh x-pac win the intercontinental title i don't think he ever won the intercontinental title did he when did x-pac win the european title and he'd be like oh well of course that was the 28th of october raw and that came from boston in the old boston garden we're just like how do you know this and he's like oh i read it once i was like how he retains his knowledge is ridiculous. I can I, I, I can drink in like title reigns and stuff, but in terms of the exact dates, no mm. chance. So we're glad to have a, a Fraser on our books. Yeah. To, I, to keep an eye on that. I used to be able to name every WWE champion. Can you still do it? Oh. United States, Canada. <laughs> Buddy Rogers. This might not be an order. Should I, actually, I should have a list, shouldn't I? I should be checking the right, list. Right, get, get the list. By the way, uh, we've got Razor and Shawn Michaels clatter at each other, but instead I'm going to see if I can remember all the WWF champions. Right, okay. Here we go. So hang on, let me pull up the list. So we're starting with Buddy Rogers, right? Buddy Rogers. Hang on, where is it? Where is it? Hang on, hang on, hang on. History. I've got, I'm, I'm on the uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. Reigns, main article. List of WWE champions. Scrolly, scrolly, scrolly. Title history. Um, okay, <laughs> right. I have it. Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers. Does mm-hmm. go Bruno next? We don't talk about Bruno, no, no. <laughs> Vincent Mann throughout the 90s. That's a TikTok. Write that down. Um, yep. Bruno. Uh, Koloff. Mm-hmm. Correct. To Pedro. Correct. 
to Stan Stasiak. Correct. Back to Bruno. Correct. Uh, Bruno to Billy Graham. Correct. Look at this. Billy Graham to Backland. Correct. Enoki's in there somewhere. Yeah, he's next. Back to Backland. Back to back to Backland. Sheiky baby. Sheiky baby. Hogan. Hogan. Fucking hell. Hogan to Andre. Yes. Yep. DiBiase. Yes. Savage. Yep. Savage back to Hogan. Yes. Hogan to Warrior. Yes. Warrior to Slaughter. Yes. Slaughter to Hogan. Yes. <laughs> um, Shit. Sh- oh, right. So Slaughter to Hogan. That's WrestleMania 7. Hogan to Taker. Yes. Taker back to Hogan at this yeah. Tuesday in Texas. Yes. Was it stripped after that? Or did it Hogan... was stripped and it Flair. went to Flair. Flair. Yeah. To Brett. No. Flair back to Savage. Savage, yes. Well done. Savage to... What year are we in now? We're now in 1992. Not Yoko, is it? No. No. Savage to... You said a name a minute ago. I said take it. I said Flair gets a second run. Flair gets a second run. Yeah. Brett. Yeah. He proves even the biggest dreams can come true. (laughs) Brett to Yoko. Yeah. Yoko to Hogan. Yes. Hogan to Yoko. Yes. Yoko to Brett. Yes. Uh, This is phenomenal. Brett to Bob. Yes. Bob to Diesel. Yes. And that's where we are right now. Yes, yes. Keep going. Diesel to Brett. Yes. Brett to Sean. Yes. Sean to Sid. Yes. Sid to Taker. No. Sid to Brett again? No, shit. Sid to Sean. Sid to Sean. Sid to Sean. I was going to call time on that then. Sid to Sean. So we're into 1997. 97? We're in 97 now. Okay. Sid to Sean. January 97. Sean to Sid again. Tell me a lie and say that you won't go. Shit. Look in my eyes and hold me even though I realize you have to walk away. (laughs) No more yesterdays. What's that from? Throw me. Um, what's that song from? What's the What's the significance of that song? Tell me a lie. It's not back to Brett, is it? No. Yes. 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 Because. Because then Brett will hold it. Yes. For a Sean bit. Lo- Sean lost his smile. Is what I was. Sean saying. lost his smile. That's of course. That's where they did tell me a lie. So goes Brett. Yes. Take her again. No. no. 97. No. 90, we're into 97. Oh, Sid's been pinned by Razor, by the way. Right, this is where it gets murky because right. it starts. So we're on Brett. Yes. So who beats Brett in 1997? It's not Sean. Back to Sean, is it? It's five series or is there a drop before then? Uh, 
before he's there's there's some title shenanigans before then. It's not Sid again, is it? It is Sid. Sid to Taker. Yes. Taker to Brett. Yes. Brett to Sean. Yes. Sean to Austin. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. We're back. Right. We've okay. Pushed through, we've pushed through okay. the shit pipe. Right. We've got Austin. Yeah. Austin's riding high. So in 1998. So he loses it in 98. Oh, this is when it starts fucking dropping every fucking week, isn't it? Nearly, yeah. Austin to... He loses it to somebody who wins it for the very first time. Rock. No. Vince. No. Foley. No. Shit. It was an A. Kane. 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 Kane back to Austin. Back to Austin the next night. Okay. So we are. We're now. Summer 98. We're now in the summer 1998. Fucking hell. If I said to you, in your house breakdown, I could see the cover. Triple H on the no, cover. No, that's fully loaded. No. Is he not on the cover? No. There's three people on the cover. One of them is not Triple H. Is it Sean Scheider and Rick Rude? not Sean. No, because Rick Rude's gone. Breakdown in your house, 1998. It's not The Rock, is it? No, he wins the first night of Deadly Game. Because mm. this is where it gets murky. It's easier in the, in the beginning because everyone had it for like 3,000 days. Oh, fuck's sake. Is it a new champion or someone who's had it before? Do you know what? Actually, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a buy on that because you did say The Rock. Yeah. Because he doesn't technically beat Austin for the title. Right. The Rock. Yeah. The title's vacated. Right. Because of Breakdown in Your House. Yeah. Because Kane and Undertaker pin Austin at the same time. Yes, they do, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, title. the Rock, as you said there, deadly wins game. Deadly Game. Mankind. Mankind. Back to the rock. Back to the rock. You can do this for a little bit if you want. Back, back to, to mankind. Back to mankind. Back to the rock. Back to the rock. Back to Austin. Back to Austin. Austin to Big Show. No. Man- oh. Where are we off to now? Are we ninety nine? We are now no. into the spring of nineteen ninety nine. Vince McMahon. No. No shit. When does Vince get it then? Oh, Vince doesn't get it till the, the autumn. See, the thing is, kids, I was watching this then. <laughs> I was watching this on WCW every week. Uh, the title changed hands at um, a, a historical pay-per-view, but historical for, for terrible reasons. Oh, it's over the edge. Mm. It's not Undertaker again, is it? It is Undertaker again. Right, so it's back. Ministry of Darkness. He's met. Um, does he drop it back to Austin on an episode he of Raw? Drops it back to Austin on an episode of Raw. Woo! So, Austin's got this. Late 99 now, isn't it? We are reaching into the summer of 99. Mankind of SummerSlam. Mankind. Jesse Ventura as the referee. That's the one. I remember staying up at Jamie's house to watch it. It's a good show, that one. <laughs> Fell asleep. <laughs> during the first match because <laughs> I was 10 years old. <laughs> um, all right, so Mankind's got it. Triple H. Triple H. Triple H to Big Show. No. no. It changes hands on an episode of SmackDown. It's not The Rock again, is it? It's not Smackdown? The Rock again. You've said him a couple of times. 
Vince. 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 Vince beats Triple H. Yeah, he does. Because he can't get involved in in uh, in in business, but he can get involved with it personal. Yeah. Okay. Bollocks. So therefore, Vince then vacates the title. Yes. So. Ninety nine. Yes. Where are we at? Month-wise. September the twenty sixth, a new champion is crowned at Unforgiven. Triple H again. Triple H again. Back to Triple H. To. When does he hold it till? <laughs> Survivor Series. Survivor Series 99. Oh, fuck me. Uh, You've done very well. We're up to reign 53. You've done very well. I'm just trying to remember when Big Show wins it. Is it Big Show? It's Big Show. In the triple threat match. There you go. Holds it for a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Who's he drop it to, though? Hey, hey, hey. Back to Triple H. Back to Triple H. The first Raw of the new millennium. Yeah. The big show was the WWF champion at the start of this millennium. Nothing will ever take that. Nobody will ever take that away from him. Armage just pinned. So we ended the last millennium as the champion and into this one. So Triple H has got it. He'll Mm -hmm. go through... He'll go through WrestleMania. He will. He will drop it to... Kurt Angle? No... When does Austin come back? Oh, not till end of the oh, end of it? the year. Right, so where are we in, in the year? Backlash. Backlash 2000. I stayed up for this. So you should know the answer? It's The Rock. It's The Rock. Isn't that when Austin came back at Backlash? He did, but only to briefly run in being a bit fat and swinging a chair. Yeah. Because <laughs> he couldn't do a stunner because his neck was too fucked. That was on Channel 4 and I was allowed to stay up and watch it as long as I was quiet and I was so excited. <laughs> um, oh, slightly rubbish spine bust, but still quite nice. So the Rock's got it. Rock's got it. Ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Two thousand. Two thousand. Sorry. Kurt Angle. No. Where the fuck's Kurt Angle then? He's coming. Is he coming? He's coming. Oh, he's coming. Do you want the pay-per-view? Yeah. Judgment Day. Triple H. Triple H. Lord, I'm coming home to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here it's where we get like, oh, Lord, I'm biker taker. <laughs> oh, Kid Rock's doing uh, some. No, uh, so. I'm just saying that because I can see British Bulldog. Yeah, yeah there's a match going on, kids. Bulldog, still. man. So we're up to uh, Triple H, was that, sorry? That was Triple H. Triple H, end of 2000. By the way, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, I, and you can see on the Patreon like how legitimate this is. Like, I, He's not looking at any sheets. I've got the... The wiki on my phone. <laughs> and this is all coming from the minor Jackins. This is all legit. See, when I first started this, I meant that I could name everyone who'd held the belt, but now we're going through it. I'm actually surprising myself. You're doing really well. Uh, right, so Triple H, end of 2000. Yes. Going into 2001. No, we're still 2000. There's loads of title ranges still to come. We can't go into 01 yet. Jesus Christ. I can tell a lie. There's two more title reigns to come. Back to the Rock. No, Jericho. Oh. Back to the Rock? Back to the Rock. Jericho's one was null and void. Yeah. A bit like Inoki's. I remember watching that and being furious. Oh, mate. That was a great rule. Yes. <laughs> so good. We'll cover it on the podcast in five years. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's gone back to the Rock, yeah? Yes. Going into 2000. We're Ed's still in 2000. 2000. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle back to the Rock. Back to the Rock. Rock to Austin. Austin. Austin to Kurt. Back to Kurt. Kurt to 
My tummy rumbling, that is. So there's 2001 now? Yes. Right, this is when it started tapping off. Back to Austin? Back to Austin. Austin. It's not back to Kurt, is it? No. A first-time champion. Next. Jericho. Jericho becomes undisputed WWF champion. Jericho's Triple H. Triple H. Then did the belt split off? Not yet. Nearly. Okay. Triple H to... When are we at now? 2002. When about? Backlash. Shoot and watch as the young grows. So far in a distant light. There's a light through the open door. Shoot and watch as the young grows. That was the soundtrack to the pay-per-view, which is what I'm seeing is that Creed, is it Creed it or something? Um, it's kind of like sit and watch as the young grow old. There's a little like it's uh, uh, in the video package for the match. Triple H says, I'm honored to have this fight, but I'm also a little bit sad because I've got to take a piece of my childhood and I've got to destroy it. Hogan. Hogan. Hogan gets that nostalgia run. Yeah. <laughs> Who Hogan drops it to? Undertaker. Undertaker with a shit choke slam. Undertaker drops it to... First time champion. No. No? Um, no. Because this is Big Evil taken now, isn't it? Yes. Booger Red. Oh, Booger oh, Red. Booger Red. Booger Red. Uh, Nathan Jones. <laughs> <laughs> is you saying Nathan Jones, you tapping out at this point? No. This is this is where I really don't have a fucking clue. Uh, I can see the title. I can see You've on done the really well, by the way. You're on 67. Wow. Look at me now, Mum. <laughs> um, it's not The Rock, is it? It is The Rock. It's The Rock. Very good. Okay. Who's The Rock drop it to? Brock. Brock Lesnar. This is where the belts divide. Okay. So we we're are, sticking with WWE. We're going to stick with the WWE title held by Brock Lesnar. We yep. will forego the world title. Brock to Big Show. Big Show. Big yes. Show to Kurt. Kurt. Kurt to... It's not back to Brock, is it? Back to Brock. Brock to Eddie. Not yet. No. Ahmed Johnson just pinned Yokozuna, by the way. Of course he did. Hell of a match. I can't believe really Ahmed. Attention. I can't believe Ahmed Johnson was definitely WWF champion. Yeah, that's a shocker, actually. So... Brock's got this for a second time. Mm-hmm. And he drops it to... Back to Taker, is it? Nope. Do you want the pay-per-view? Yeah. Vengeance. No, I wasn't watching that at what all. Was the, what was the soundtrack to that state, that Vengeance one? Oh, it was... Um, the price you pay to play the game And all you heard And all you it was stained doing the soundtrack to that. Oh. What you paid Got all Aaron Lewis, the miserable bastard. It was, it was, that's him. It was a big return. Big return? A return. Triple H. No. No, because he was the world title Golden Shovel. A much hyped return to SmackDown. The Rock, was it? No. Much hyped return? They hadn't been gone that long, but the hype was strong. Go on, I'm tapping out. You're tapping out. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Mate, okay, well, congratulations. You tapped out on 72. It was Kurt Angle. Okay, right. After his neck injuries. That's it, yeah. So, I don't know after this. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. You hold that. Right. Right, okay. So, I have not swiped. I don't know. So, right. So, Kurt Angle's Kurt it Angle drops it to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Who drops it to Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Who drops it to JBL. Yeah. Uh, who drops it to John Cena. Yep. Uh, and then Cena... Dun, 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 Cena holds it for ages. Is it Edge? It is, New Year's Revolution. Edge back to Cena. Yeah, this is when I started watching again because when I heard that Edge was in the title scene because there was always an Edge head. So it's back to Cena. Cena to Rob Van Dam. To Van Dam. Van Dam to Edge. To Edge. Edge to... Undertaker? No. Edge to Cena. Cena in a TLC match. A TLC match. Then Cena to... I'll give you Ooh. this one. It was vacated. Oh, was it? When he tore his pack. Okay, yeah. So then it went um, Triple H. No. Oh. Randy Orton? Yes. Then Triple H. Yeah. Then Randy Orton. Yeah. That was all in one night, randomly. Um... Then Orton's got it. Orton's got it. Um, Triple H again? Yep. So then Triple H comes out of WrestleMania with it. Um, this was a return. Triple H comes out of WrestleMania with it. So we're in 2008. Yeah, 2008. Edge? Yes. Ace. When Vicky, he's here, here. That's it. Koslov and the main events. Oh, fucking hell. That was a thing, wasn't it? But uh, Edge then loses it to Jericho? No. no. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Then back CM Punk? Nope. So that Jeff- was World Heavyweight title. Oh, yeah. Jeff's got the WWE title. Uh, time has come and gone. Edge again? Yes. Okay, Edge again. Undertaker? No. Jeff again? No. Cena? No. No. Not Orton, was it? I believe that karma has bitten this man. Oh, Triple H. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then Triple H. Oh, yeah, then he had that weird feud with Carly in the summer. He went from there. So, uh, scramble... No, where Triple H wins it February two thousand and nine. Right, Edge again? No. Cena? Nope. Orton? Orton. Of course, it's Orton. It's always Orton. Then to Cena? No. The other oh. big name at this time. First time winning this title, but not his first. Well, CM Punk. The other big name at this. time. Batista. Batista. Okay, Big Dave's now got it. Who uh, tears his bicep and vacates it after two days. Oh, shit. I don't remember that. Um, um, no, no, no. So what, what, where are we now? For this? We are now in June 2009. June 09. Orton again? Yes. He's racking them up. Um... Orton, what pay-per-view does Orton lose it at? Breaking point. Cena. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Orton again. See after yeah, Cena then Orton again. Yep. Then back to Cena. Yep. Then first time champion. A first time champion. CM Punk. No. Daniel Bryan. No. Out of the blue, this was Alberto Del Rio. Nope. Was it? Oh. Uh... An ECW call up. An ECW call up. <gasps> no, it wasn't Mark Henry because he won the world title. An ECW call up beat John Cena. I'm sure he was an ECW call up. From WWE's ECW. Yes. Sheamus. Sheamus. Sheamus then. Kept it through Fatal Four Way <laughs> and all that Nexus stuff. Cena again? Yeah. Jesus, he, they just he, rack them up, don't they? Cena won it at Elimination Chamber and dropped it in the same pay per view. Two. It was a weird ass start of cash in. They sort of did the. Cage went up, Cell went up. Cena wasn't bleeding on this occasion. Wasn't Edge? Not CM Punk. Money in the bank. Doesn't say it's money in the bank. Oh, it might have just been a Vince sends them out and beats him. Orton. No. This was during a heel turn though, a very good heel turn in my book. Oh. Or maybe not very good, but a heel turn I enjoyed. I can picture the cage going, the cell going up, and seeing it, and saying, "Oh, you're still fighting. You got another match yet?" And it wasn't Sheamus, it wasn't Barrett, it wasn't Orton. Was it Angle? No. Twenty ten. This is now. It wasn't Punk. This would be a second reign. Sec. Okay. So he's okay. Seamus? No, not yet. <laughs> keep saying Seamus until it happens. He, he's more associated with the World Heavyweight title. What, the guy who wins it? Yeah. Batista. Batista. Ah, yeah, the Batista back to John. Yep. Uh, that's when Batista leaves for a bit. Yeah. John has the belt for a while and he loses it to Edge? No. <laughs> who does Cena lose this to? Where does he lose it? Fatal 4-Way. Uh, on... Randy Orton. No. But Edge and Orton were in the match with John Cena and... Edge, Orton, Jeff Hardy. No. Randy Orton. He's a Seamus! Yeah. I was about to say he's a fan of citrus fruit. (laughs) Too many limes! Too many limes! (laughs) He thinks this music is fucking good. Um, So Seamus... Mm -hmm. This has been a great hour. Seamus... Loses it to... This is Sheamus is reign 100 for the belt as well. Reign 100? He's the 100th oh, reign wow. of the title. Not, not Sheamus' 100th it's, reign. I was going to say, he, win, he wins it quite a lot. Um, Sheamus to... Orton? Yes. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, and then Orton to... Cena? No, it's a cash-in. Oh, it's a cash. Okay. Oh, oh, Orton to um, CM Punk. No, CM Punk is Jericho, isn't it? Uh, a cash in on the WWE title. And it's Alberto Del Rio. No. Dolph Ziggler. No. No, because he was the world title. Eh. Uh, a cash in on the WWE Championship with Randall Randall Keith. 
holding the belt, and the Money in the Bank winner was Edge. No. It's a first-time champion, November 2010. November 2010, a first-time champion. So this would be Survivor Series going into... What was WrestleMania the following year? It was the big one. <laughs> Do you know which year it was? Uh, to tell you the year. It'd be, it'd be the oh. WrestleMania that this champion held it through. Good shout. It was 2011. Okay. And it was a very notable um, WrestleMania because it, it started a year-long build. Okay, so he loses it as a cash-in from Cena. Cena? No. No, because Cena wins it. This fella had a pretty poo reign and wouldn't get a world title for another decade. Oh, God. Mark Henry? No. no. Big Show? No. No. Kane? No. Undertaker? No, small fella. Smaller fella. Rey Mysterio! Bigger fella. <laughs> So smaller than Big Show, bigger than Roman Mysterio. <laughs> he's still he's still in the company. He's in the company. He's still a big deal. He's got a, an attractive wife. The Miz. The Miz. Of course it is. So the Miz keeps it uh, yeah. through WrestleMania, which starts the year-long build between to... The Rock and and John Cena, who holds it until. Money in the bank in Chicago. CM Punk. Yep. CM Punk. Then CM Punk gets vacated. Yeah. They do a tournament where Rey Mysterio yep. wins it. He faces John Cena that night and Cena beats him. Yeah. Punk comes out and goes, hey, we've got two belts. What this is all about. Blah, blah, blah. CM Punk beats Cena. Yeah. Then Alberto Del Rio cashes in. Yeah. Then Alberto Del Rio loses the title to John Cena. Yeah. Who then loses the title to Randy Orton. Nope. Damn it, we were doing so well. Cena, who loses the title to Daniel Bryan. No. Cena, who, where, where, does it, where does the title get losted? Uh, Hell in a Cell, October 2011. Cena loses the title at Hell in a Cell to Edge. No. <laughs> Cena loses the title at Hell in a Cell that year to Alberto again? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, there you go. Um, Alberto loses it back to Cena? No. No. Orton. No. Who beats Alberto? Who beats Alberto? It's a very good reign. Oh, it's bloody CM Punk. The CM Punk. And CM Punk has his beautiful long reign uh, that ends at the hands of... Oh, God, it all goes... It, all, it goes well. So the Rock comes along. Yep. Then Rock loses it to Cena. Yep. Cena has a beefy long title reign. Who and he loses it to Randy Orton. No. Um, Edge is gone by this point, hasn't he? Yes. Okay. So Cena holds the belt. How, when's he lose it? When's he drop it? SummerSlam 2013. Daniel Bryan. Yes. Daniel Bryan then immediately loses it to Randy Orton. Yes. Randy Orton holds it uh, through to WrestleMania, where he loses it to Daniel Bryan again. Uh, no, that's not this role. He loses oh. to Daniel Bryan, but it's not Mania yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But so there's a little title change. So, um, he's, he beats Bryan, beats Bryan, beats Big Show. So, so Orton, yeah, Orton won it at SummerSlam. He dropped it to Bryan at Night of Champions. Yeah. But it was a controversial reign, a controversial finish in kayfabe. And then it was vacated. Yes. Right. And then Orton wins it back? Yes. 
Then Orton loses it to Brian. Yes. At WrestleMania. Brian forfeits the belt. Yep. Due to injury. The belt then goes to... June 2014, Money in the Bank. So the Money in the Bank match was for the title. John Cena? Yes. John Cena uh, holds the belt and then he... When's he losing? SummerSlam 2014. SummerSlam. To Daniel Bryan? No. No. Oh, Brock Lesnar. Brock, Brock Lesnar batters him for ages. Yeah. Then Brock takes the belt on a lovely holiday for a while. Yeah. Brock Lesnar loses the belt to Seth Rollins. Yes. Who holds the belt until he loses to... He vacates Oh, it. he vacates because of an injury. Yeah. Has uh, <laughs> um, it become the Universal title? Oh, no, it doesn't become the Universal title, does it? No, no. Kevin Owens? No, 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 no. Oh, that's the, that's the Universal title, isn't it? It was um, a tournament... That went until Survivor Series 2015, and we get a first-time champion. Roman Reigns. Yes. Who loses it to Sheamus. Yes. Who then, who then Roman beats him for on Raw. Yes. Roman holds the belt. Um, he puts, he defends it in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Loses it to Triple H. Yeah. Roman beats him at WrestleMania. Yeah. Roman holds the belt, then holds the belt, and holds the belt. Roman loses the title to Brock Lesnar. No, he holds it until Money in the Bank, and it's his historic night for the title. Yes, because he Roman loses it to Seth. Yeah, and then Dean Ambrose cashes yeah. in. Dean's then the champ. Dean's your boy. Dean loses the belt to AJ Styles. He does. AJ Styles uh, loses the belt to John Cena. Yeah. Cena uh, loses the belt to Bray Wyatt. Yes. Bray Wyatt loses the belt to Orton. Yeah. Orton holds the title and loses it to me. <laughs> no. I'll be impressed if you get yeah. this. Okay. Orton loses the title. So Orton's got the belt. Orton's got a belt. Backlash 2017. Oh, Jinder Mahal. We fear the Jinder the Jinder. Jinder loses it to AJ. Yes. AJ Styles loses it to... AJ holds it. Through Survivor Series, AJ Styles has got the belt. He uh, he beat Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania with the title on the line. Yeah. So he's still the champ going into there. He survives it. He faces Samoa Joe. He's still got the belt. He loses it, though, to... Who does, who does he lose it to? John Cena? No, they've done that. Shinsuke turned heel on AJ. Yeah. And so did the person who beat AJ. Oh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, Planet Champion. There you go. Planet Champion, Daniel Bryan, who loses it to Kofi Kingston. Yes. Kofi Kingston, who loses it to Brock Lesnar. Yes. Brock Lesnar, who holds it forever, loses it to... Roman Reigns? No, first time champion. First time champion. We all felt really sorry for him. Oh, first time champion, we all felt really sorry for. What show, where, did, where did he beat Brock? WrestleMania in 2020. In front of nobody. Oh, Drew. Drew. Of course it was. God, we're that far ahead already. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre then loses the belt to Randy Orton. He does. Who then, he wins it back from Randy Orton. He does. So Drew's the champion now. Drew then drops the title. Um, he keeps it. He drops it to, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Who does he drop it to? Who does he drop it to? Who drops it to? It was a title change on Raw. Oh, oh, he drops it to The Miz. The Miz. Cashes in. Bobby Lashley beats The Miz. Yeah. Bobby holds the belt. Uh, all the way through WrestleMania, uh, and he loses it to Big E. Yeah. And then Big E loses it to the fucking Brock Lesnar. Yeah! 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 
watch into the hall. I know about Stan and Stasia. Good night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well done, man. Yeah. I'm impressed with us. Yeah, usually, like, it's like the lineage of champions I could have told you, like, every person who's held the title, but I'm, I'm surprised at how far I got them. Mate, mate, I, I, when I said I'll tag in, I did so with so little confidence <laughs> because my knowledge of my knowledge of that sort of late teens is so hazy. Yeah, like that felt like I, I struggled a bit. <laughs> like the Cedar and Orton bounced it between Fuck them. Fuck yeah! Now there's there were so many like non-title. <laughs> oh yeah, it's only in the last couple of years I realised like how quickly we ran through the last few years because they've had longer title yeah. reigns. And I like longer title reigns. Oh, yeah, you definitely need it. So anyway, Bret Hart Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are currently, by the way, if you're watching with us, two hours, (laughs) 19 minutes in, 53, 54, 55, 56 seconds. Oh, Jesus. This has been the best one. Um... (laughs) So, uh, any any notes from Dave? Because we went fucking wildly <laughs> off piece then. Um, not much new to add to this. Oh, I mean, there's a there's a couple of bits in this match. Now, do you remember the cast of characters I mentioned a little earlier on? Uh, Michael Ortman. Yes. And Canadian, Canadian business partners. Yeah. Uh, they're a little bit concerned in this match because it gets quite violent. And old Diesel there... He drops a couple of f bombs, mm. and Ortman and the uh, and the business partners see on the big screen these f bombs being mimed. They're like, "We're a family product. We don't condone this." So they're a little bit concerned. There is there is more to come from this particular night, though. I I know that something happens in this match. That's the first ever. Yes. That hasn't happened yet. We didn't. No. We didn't miss. Thankfully, we. Okay, we'll we'll start the European titles now. <laughs> by the time, British uh, Bulldog <laughs> <laughs> to Shawn Michaels to Regal to Bulldog to Regal to Bulldog. I'll slow. D-Lo. D-Lo. <laughs> Could do that one next time. Um, <laughs> what we'll do as this match gets underway, probably uh, one of the better matches of the night. Uh, <laughs> have a guess at some of the star ratings for okay, tonight. Right. Okay, so Dave's Law goes as follows um, Underdogs versus Body Donners, that opening match with the Jobbers. Two and three quarters. Three and three quarters. Dave wow. Was very kind. It was a decent match from what we watched, to be fair. Uh, the uh, Team Blaze versus Team Bertha. Japanese, so of course, two and a half. Two and three quarters. Right. Would have been three in the Tokyo Dome. Of course. Goldust and Bigelow. Quarter star. One star. Okay, he's been quite nice this night. He's been polite. The Bone Street Crew versus the Royals. One star. One and a half. Mm, Okay. Um, The wild card tag match. Three. Three and a half. We talked all night. I'm off by a half every time. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing well otherwise. Right. Uh, And I'll give you the... uh, the star rating for this one when okay. we get to the end of this one. I'm just going to go through my notes to make sure we didn't miss out any little bits that I wanted to bring up. The only thing I was going to mention right at the start was we had a dark match at this show, mm-hmm. which was the Smoking Guns versus the Public Enemy. Oh, okay. Uh, because they were, it was a dark match, they didn't change their name. Presumably, if they were going to bring them in, they would give them a new image, not yes. call them the Public Enemy. Um, 
It was uh, an unimpressive, almost squash-like warm-up match for the Public Enemy. Not a great. They got they got a great reaction by ECW fans. Most of the fans didn't know who they were. Uh, reports are they're leaning towards signing with WCW anyway. Yeah, but they wanted to to test the waters a little bit with the WWF run out. Well, it's it's. Like you're saying about ECW fans, um, Faith No More guy, who was a fixture at the ah, ECW arena, he's he's front row. I like the fact that someone once actually asked um, Big Jim from Faith No More, they were like, was that you, the front row of uh, ECW oh, every week? And he was like, no, I was, I was, I was on tour. <laughs> For God's sake. Yeah, I just kept breaking away from the tour just to come and uh, watch a bit of the wrestling. Oh, actually, what year is this? He was on tour, but not with Faith No More, because at this point, I think it was Trace Bruant from Mr. Bungle was... I'm a big Faith No More fan, so... I can tell. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Trey Tra from uh, Mr. Bungle was on guitar. But Big Jim was still like, yeah, I'm, I'm a professional musician. I wasn't <laughs> a DCW arena every week. Thanks for thinking of me, though. Yeah. Um, a little bit uh, off-piste in this match. There's we'll, the, they, Off-piste? They, little, I know, right? <laughs> um, no, they're going a bit off-piste in this oh. one, because... Bret Hart there, notoriously good guy, wrapping a, a jack cable around the leg of Diesel in that leg lock. Yeah. And now he's stuck like a comedy character. <coughs> and that jack cable is now fucked. I'd be livid if I was the tech guy. <laughs> but I like I, the fact, though, as well, that in kayfabe, Earl Hebner is the worst referee that's ever refereed. <laughs> yeah. And again, he's just like, oh, Diesel, you die. I know I've watched him tie that thing around your leg. Oh, he's got a chair now. Mm. Oh, The thing is still, is literally still tied to his leg. Is this oh, but, match but no, no DQ? It's no DQ. It is because there must be a winner. Right. There must yeah. be a winner. So, but, the, but it's the whole idea of Bret Hart having to like resort into that so soon on. And Diesel being just, <laughs> good lads. There you go. <laughs> Screw that up a touch, but I quite like the fact that it's it didn't quite go as planned, but it feels quite like deliberately rugged. Yes, because they've batted each other quite early on. With hindsight as well, because obviously it won't be till '97 that we get the full Braha heel turn. Mm-hmm. Is it '97? Was the end of '97? '97. Yeah, they they start turning the screws on that around the summertime when he starts shouting, "It's all bullshit!" Events mm. in the cage. But with the hindsight as well, this plays into the story before they even realised there was a story. I've been passed over time and again! <laughs> and Brett having to go, right, if you can't beat them, join them. I'm just going to have to be a, yeah. a low-down scumbag like all the other guys here. Because as much as we take the piss out of Brett for not being the best promo, when he turned heel and had a legit gripe, mm. he was gold on the mic just every week coming out basically saying, you can all kiss my ass! Oh, Brilliant. <laughs> When he, when he when he cared a little less. Oh yeah, he was, and then he went to WCW and cared even less. Well, cared an alarming amount less. We are jumping ahead quite a lot because when we get into '97, when the Hart Foundation come in, aside from possibly the original NWO, the Hart Foundation are my favorite stable of all time. They're great. I think they're incredible because I'm a big Brian Pillman fan and I can't wait for Brian to come in before he gets injured and stuff. But yeah, obviously you've got you've got the double double threat of fucking Bulldog and Neidhart in there as well. Just those boneheads just knocking around. And they were kind of like the high-end muscle yeah. of the group. Brett the tactician, Owen the cheeky chappy, 
And Pillman, as you say, bless him, he was injured the moment he walked through the door. Like, we yeah. never got those great Brian Pillman matches, which I think Vince was hoping for. Yeah. Because Lu- Luce Khan and Brian Pillman were so ahead of its time. Mm, very much so. That he- was the Attitude Era, wasn't it? Yeah. But even the stuff in WCW, the stuff in ECW, he kept threatening to get his cock out on TV. <laughs> um, I'll whip up my Johnson <laughs> piss in your ring. My mate Liam O'Rourke wrote the Brian Pillman book, Crazy Like a Fox. That's on my Amazon list. It's brilliant. Is it? Yeah. My, we've, we've had Liam on the news podcast before. Um, just a really lovely guy. Yeah. And, just, and when I knew him in like 2007... Like, he was a massive Brian Pillman fan then. And lo and behold, he writes this amazing book where he spoke to all the friends and family. Oh, and, fantastic. And, and, and colleagues of Brian Pillman. It's just a brilliant read. See, I've, I've, I've put myself on a book ban because Why? I got so many over lockdown and I've just, I've barely scratched the surface. I've got, I've got the, the incredible Nitro books, though, on my bedside table. Oh, the Guy Evans one. Yeah, that I was going through and I was chopping through it. And then I just stopped at one point, not because I wasn't enjoying it. I was just like, okay. I just haven't got back to it. And I've been reading like Judge Dredd recently and I've got the Beastie Boys book there that I'm halfway through. So I need to get some discipline and just sit down and start reading through the copious amounts that I bought over the last couple of years. My plan, I've got, um, I've got, I've got your books on the go at the moment. Audio books count, right? Yes. Of course they do. Yeah. So my plan is on the way home based on the news that we've heard on day of recording is I'm going to listen to Pigs Can Fly. Yeah. Which is the Barry Cryer autobiography. And oh gosh, he was. I'm so. I was gutted when I read. You know when you see a name trending, and you're like, oh no, yeah, and you fear the worst. And normally you go, oh, okay, they've just said something racist. Phew. <laughs> um, but no, um, <laughs> Barry left us today. Um, they shared it. They they shared a a, a a clip of a of a a joke that he told a parrot joke. His his famous parrot joke where there was a woman went in and bought a parrot from a pet shop and the pet owner said now just to warn you uh this pat this this parrot used to live in a brothel so his language is a bit fruity and they're like okay it'll be fine so he gets they get the parrot home and uh he says oh new digs very nice very nice and then this uh this woman's daughters walk in he goes oh new women very nice very nice then the husband walks in he goes oh hello keith I was reading the um, <laughs> genius of Barry Cry. Is it is it the Golden Eagle joke? Go on, tell the Golden Eagle joke. I probably I won't be able to deliver it in as nuanced as Barry Cryer, but um, a, f- a fella's in court because he's he shot and killed a, a protected bald eagle, and um, he, he's up before the magistrate and he says, "You're on it. It was completely accidental. I was I was hunting pheasant, and as I lined up my rifle." took the shot the eagle flew in front of it hit it one a million shot obviously a beautiful animal i never would have never would have done it and the magistrate says okay that's a fantastic story may we ask what you what you did with this animal that you illegally killed he goes yes you're on it i thought what's done is done i'm gonna eat the bird oh okay right so you ate the eagle and can we can we ask what it tasted like? He's like, oh, a bit like swan. <laughs> <laughs> I like a joke that doubles down on that. Yeah. 
the guy the guy was driving home and no 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 the guy a uh, police car goes past a guy um parked up in a bus lane the police car pulls in and says uh excuse me sir are you aware that uh you're parking you've parked your car in a bus lane and he says of course i'm parked in a bus lane i'm fucking leathered <laughs> 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 send your jokes in. Don't send your jokes in. Don't send your jokes Don't in. Don't send your jokes Because we'll pass them off as our own. <laughs> oh, dear. This has been a fun match. It has. This is the one match we paid attention to in the last half an hour. And it's nice because it feels like... it. I like it when, they, when these series of matches happen and the one sort of picks up where the other left off. Yes. So, like, this... This feels like an extension of their match from the Rumble. Yeah. Where we started the year. So it's almost like, because they, they ramp up the aggression almost immediately. Jesus. Brett does never, never does that. So I thought Diesel had spit in his hair then, but he's got a couple of little braids with white <laughs> bobbles. He's just trying to be relatable. So, yeah, so we had Somewhat the debatable. Rumble. Mm. So and, and their match there was a little bit more technical based, a little slower, and then obviously it ended in a DQ because it was running central. Mm-hmm. So they they immediately went to it being a rough and ready match. Almost like, okay, where were we? Yeah. Let's crack on. A bit like how um, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, they had those two WrestleMania matches. Yes. And you could almost glue them together. Yeah. You know, without the pinfall at the end of the <clears throat> first one, and they would just feel like the same match carried on. Like with the... Um... Omega Okada matches. Yeah, that's was like, that. right, so this happened in part one, so part two he's going to try and rectify it, but that doesn't work, so he's got to learn what happened in part one and part two to go into part three. That's yeah. it. I like it when wrestling doesn't hold your hand. Yeah, when, when, and when you can sort of read the narrative yourself and take different things from it. Yeah. I don't always, like, I know you're telling stories, but, oh, we have an iconic moment. And that is the first ever, I'm led to believe, table bump in the WWF. It is indeed. Was it the Spanish announce table? It was the Spanish <laughs> announce table. Of course it was. The reaction. Listen to that. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's been table bumps in wrestling before this, but the WWF always steered away from them. And that was the first very deliberate table shenanigan. For some reason in my head, I've got it that Terry Funk was the first person to use the table. Quite possibly, it's, pro- it's either going to be him or Brody or Abdullah, isn't it? Really, there was a, yeah, there's a few, yeah, there's a few others uh, sort of before them, like like the Sheik, and I've been reading about Wild oh, yeah. Bull Curry from like the fifties. He was That's the first guy to use a folding chair. It sounds like a meal. <laughs> <laughs> he was bonkers, and yeah. I love him. Um, but I think he was around the same time as the Sheik. I think the Sheik was the first person to utilize the table spot. Oh yeah. I do remember, though, a match between Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks that ended, you know, you know, they do the running belly bumps. Oh, yeah. I.e. the whole match. (laughs) Not so much a spot in the match, but the match itself. (laughs) And Big Daddy gave the belly bump to Haystacks. He staggered. He fell out of the ring and he went through a table at ringside. Oh, wow. And the table, the table had like flowers on it. (laughs) It's really strange. But the match ended immediately and it was awarded to Big Daddy. Uh, easy, easy, easy. It's funny how like world of sport style is so revered for being like slow and technical and proficient. And then the, at the top of each show, it was Big Daddy and Giant Hayes like, <laughs> running bellies at each other, going easy, easy, easy. Well, as as you know, and I've alluded to it 
a few times on this podcast, I'm a I'm a fan of wrestling figures. Mm-hmm. I don't collect too many anymore. I've got like some of the AEW ones because I played with the Hasbro figures as a kid nice. and seeing how much some of them are worth now. <laughs> Christ. But uh, Cella Toys, and I'd showed you that they'd made Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. Oh, yes. Yes, the Hasbro style. Yes. Well, they announced last week, they were like, oh, we're doing some legends of British wrestling. Who would you like to see? Adam Vegeta. Oh, of course. <laughs> but the first one they've announced is Adrian Street. Nice. So, the and people are just like, like you said, oh. There it is. The diesel era is over. There it is. And there is another F. Yeah, it looked like you said, son of a bitch, motherfucker. Yeah, not but a happy camp. I like it when wrestlers are angry at losing. But um, like you're saying, people are just like, oh, great Adrian Street. It's nice to see the, you know, the British lads getting the time in the sun kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's a WWE documentary about Adrian Street. Is there? Yeah, it's on the network. Oh, I'll have to hunt it down. Cool. Is, th- is this a full heel turn or is this just this anger? Is, no, they, they kind of, they set this up in weeks to come as he's a tweener, but it is a heel turn. Yeah. Like, well, there'll be some good stuff on Raw where they pick this up, but this is like Diesel finally just popping off. This like, is what Diesel should have been yes! throughout the entirety of his reign. Like, the hair's down, he looks wild, this is great. This is what Diesel could have been all the way through. Because it's, it's one of those, there were people always beat Nash with the stick that, oh, Diesel, the lowest draw in WWF champion of all time. But all never go. Although, with the NWO, he was one of the biggest things in wrestling yeah. history. It's It was the writing, it wasn't the performer. It wasn't what he could do. Because... Yeah, look at him here. He should have been doing this from day dot. It'd be great, wouldn't it? And Kevin Nash in WCW when I was a kid and getting really into WCW. Kevin Nash was the man to me. He was mm. my favourite. He's my out-and-out favourite. And again, looking back and seeing some of the shit he pulled. But then you listen to retired Nash and he's like the coolest dude. You're, <laughs> like, like, you're just like, like, fuck it, Kev. I would have done that too, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I would have locked my boss in a cupboard. <laughs> But this, so yeah, so it's a it's a heel turn eventually. Uh, this is like Diesel's going to cut some nice promos about this and own it. The crowd seem quite happy to have him back as a heel, though. Yeah. Um. So the let's let's refer back to the Michael Ortman, WWE's vice president of distribution, watched the show with some Canadian business partners who were very upset with the violence and the f bombs from Diesel. Naughty boy. Um, Vince McMahon would have to go and calm things down afterwards, telling Ortman and Co that it was just wrestlers getting a little bit out of control and it wouldn't happen again. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was. This is this is the, the dawning of a of, a, of an era. Um, how many stars? Dave's been quite generous. I'm going to say four. Three and a half. Ooh, the one half time I went half too wrong. You dipped so much the other way. So this, so this is kind of, with a few little exceptions, this is kind of the beginning of the end of the new generation era. Yeah. That, there was a diesel turning heel, no longer leading the new generation. Yeah. This is kind of where we move into something slightly different. And... It's almost a little peek through the window at the Attitude Era. Yeah, definitely. Well, like we were saying when he debuted, I often say that gold dust turning up is when it really starts turning. Mm. That's an indicator of them taking something a little bit edgier. And and also, the, you know, the Vince and the click as well within, in the era of Vince have been pushing, have been pushing for a more edgier product to compete with what WWE, WCW is doing. Yeah. 
Let's just play that swear again. But that was Survivor Series 1995. Uh, the end of <laughs> Diesel's reign. As always when we do these live watch-alongs, watch from what I saw of the event, it, <laughs> this one actually did look really good. It, it was, you know what? For the time. Uh, however, uh, the history books have not been kind to this pay-per-view as... It's, uh, I'll make sure I've got the wording correct for it. The least purchased Big Five WWF event in history prior to the launch of the WWE Network. Wow, okay. So histor- the history books have not been kind to Survivor Series 95. And at the time, people really weren't invested. Yeah. It was a real downturn in business in general. They were hoping that, you know, maybe making things a little bit... A little bit cheekier, a little bit edgier. Yeah. Might, you know, might lead to a change. You're up against Ted Turner and his billions. You've got to, if you can't match them for price, you've got to sort of match them for attitude. So is it, is it Rumble 96 where they're at the Alamo? Was that 95? Yes, that's 97. No, no, no. 97 is the Alamo, isn't it? Is it 97? Where Shawn Michaels and Sid have a fight. Maybe. I'm pretty sure that was the Alamo. Oh, was it? Because I know, because I know like... uh, is that like yeah? It will be ninety seven then, won't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know for a fact it's like right. This this pay per view, this in your house drew six thousand people. This in your house drew six thousand people. The Royal Rumble drew fifty five thousand people. <laughs> in your house drew four thousand. people. <laughs> <laughs> There's some odd numbers thrown yeah. around here. Obvious numbers and weird numbers thrown around. Not it, a perfect day. It's a weird way to end it with the commentary team. Yeah, odd choice to not just I, I, not let it just hang over on the the visual of all them guys having a good time. Yeah. So Ooh, my ears. There you go. <laughs> Thank. So onwards we go. We're back next week with the classic Raw review the night after Diesel being a baddie again. Oh bloody hell! Bloody baddie Diesel. Off we gan to the races, and until we are together again. He is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. We're at Coldaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Happy birthday to me. And well done on us naming all the WWE champions. That's why you were here. Love you. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.